Monday. I'm Drew Berquist. This is my show. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, great to be spending some time with you again. Amazing weather here over the weekend. Amazing football. We'll talk about that later tonight in the show. Uh, but hope you had a great weekend. I really do. Um, it was a good one around these parts. Got Jason Robertson, who's the co-host of the Wayne Dupree Show, co-founder of American Tribune. He's going to be joining us here literally just like a moment. Um, if you're not over on Rumble, come join us. Rumble.com forward slash Drew Berkowitz. If you're on Red Voices, uh, Red Voice Media's Rumble, stay there. Stay put. Stay engaged. Facebook, YouTube, wherever the hell else we are. There's so many damn platforms. Getter. I'm not going to take the time. Getter, uh, all those places. Come on over. Rumble.com forward slash Drew Berkowitz. That is where the best engagement happens. Uh, we'd love to have you come hang out with us for the next several hours here, uh, where we've got a ton to get to. By the way, we've got a jobs report from Biden where, once again, the White House lying about things. Jim Acosta triggered, triggered. Uh, tri he was triggered. It's a new word. Triggered by Vivek Ramaswamy. You have the president of Dominican Republic who I don't, I don't know if it was purposely or accidentally, but he made an outstanding statement. Nonetheless, uh, a beach comment to Biden. Uh, we've got a new poll that gives Trump a, a huge lead, a, a significant victory. Three hundred plus electoral votes. Uh, were the election to happen today. Jabal Bowman, ready to move past the fire alarm incident. We aren't. We got an update on Israel. You've got the Trans-Tifa manifest that was unearthed and shared on Crowder. We'll get into that some. We got a weekend recap on some sports, tons of stuff. Before we do any and all of that, though, this first hour is brought to you commercial-free by our friends at American Alternative Assets. Listen up, folks. Bidenomics not working. We're going to talk about it in a second. U.S. dollar losing value. Your hard-earned savings are at risk, but you can act now. But you can act now. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. D dial eight three three the number two USA Gold. That's eight three three two eight seven two four six five or visit protectfrombiden.com. Okay, let's kick things off here for the week, for the night, the way that we always do with depressing news that's happening around the globe. This is the News Cruise. All right, so joining us for the News Cruise today is host of the Wayne Dupree Show, co-host of the Wayne Dupree Show, co-founder of American Tribune, Jason Robertson. Jason, thanks for being here, man. Drew, Professor, guys, thanks for having me on. It's an honor. And I got to say, I, I love the intro music for the news crews. It's like one of my favorite parts of your show. Yeah, well, you know, we, we kind of just feel like it kind of lifts the spirits. Gets you all like, oh, this could be kind of fun. And then it's and like, then oh, we no, come in not. with the doom. Yeah, and then you just the crush their soul. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what we do. Uh, we don't want to. It's just this is this is the job we have. It, it is. It is what it right. is, but we're damn glad you're here. I love, by the way, that everyone from your show uh, calls Tom the professor. Uh, <laughs> it's it's stuck, and it's uh, you know it's a great it's a great name. We huh? haven't figured out professor of what, but we just know <laughs> he's a professor. Well, my manifesto's coming out in the next month or so. so. <laughs> that should should shed a little light on everything. <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh, it's going to be good. Well, I want to start things off. So in the news cruise, we just kind of dance all over the place. Oh, yeah. 
And we're gonna start off. I actually want to. I don't know if we have the tweet, Disco, or if we don't. It's fine. It's if really we don't. long. It's a long one. I can read it here. But but you tweet it out because the the you know Biden and the White House they love to tell some tales on the economy. They love to do it on the jobs report, all of that. So you, they, they shared this news like, hey, everything's great, like they always do, as if none of us have eyes or brains. A lot of them right. out there don't have brains, but, but as, if, as if we're not paying attention whatsoever. And, and you had a great response and kind of broke it down. I'll let you kind of break it down, just hitting some points. And, and, and if there, you, know, you had a ton of great points on there. If you miss any, I can, I can bring them up too. But, but oh, yeah. well, I mean, walk us through this jobs report. <laughs> So, so my background, like before I started doing this stuff, I worked, I worked in the corporate world. I was a chief operating officer. So reading business reports are pretty simple. And it start, really started to piss me off because they've been lying about jobs reports now for months, years, you know. And it's one of the things with Bidenomics. And so now every time, it's the first Friday of the month, they release a jobs report, Thursday night or Friday morning. And I just go in, and instead of looking at the headlines, I look at what they uh what the actual jobs report says so on this last one the headline 150,000 jobs so you think oh that's great so you pull up the report and then and then you look and you say okay the unemployment rate's the same the number of unemployed people are the same uh the number of people that gave up looking for jobs went up by 165,000 so your brain starts going well what's up with these numbers and then if you go down on it and you say okay where were the jobs added well, first, they added 51,000 government jobs. And on the last report that came out, they added 79,000 jobs to the government. Right. And that is unsustainable. That is not economic growth. That, that's terrible. In, in this month's report, they added 20,000 or 19,000 jobs. So 13% of the jobs added were things that were funded by the government, social service programs. So there's still private companies but it's all government funded. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. And then the worst one was part-time for economic reasons went up by 218,000 jobs. That means that is the number of people that had to get a second job, if you break down the charts. Yeah. And on the last report, it was like 170,000 people had to get a part-time job. So, so then when you summarize it, it's 70,000 are government jobs are supported by government money, which that is not economic growth. That's taxation is theft. And and we had 218,000 people have to get second job. Yeah. So congratulations, Biden. <laughs> the I mean, it's so astonishing that they can. I always say this, and, and I know it's just such a simple and obvious point, but like the, the fact that, that they can come out and make these bald faced lies to everyone and be like, look how bad everything is. Isn't it great? And then expect you to believe it and go along with it. Your economy is so bad that some of the numbers that should be climbing, if it were improving, it's not, are not. And then you've got people, to your point there, who have got to go out and get in huge numbers a second job. That's not the sign of positivity, Joe. It's, right. it's just not. Well, and, and it's funny, too, because so on, on the Wayne Dupree podcast, I'm the deep dive guy. I'm the guy who goes and reads the reports, reads the court case. And this shouldn't be some random dude in Minnesota who takes the time to read the reports and report on this. This should be what our media does. And that's why the media is the enemy of the people. And that's why you tune into shows like the Wayne Dupree podcast every day on Red Voice Media from 12 to 1.30. And you <laughs> yeah. tune into the Drew Berquist show because we go beyond the headlines and, and we look at it. And, and, and like you say, 
Americans, we go grocery shopping, we pay bills, and we know stuff is ridiculously expensive. And we know you don't have as much real money as you had before. And we see prices going up. And then every time they turn around, they think you're a moron. And, and frankly, because our media fails us, they should have read this and they should have, and that should have been the headline on Fox News. Yeah. Like this report is bubkiss. Why do so many Americans need to get second jobs? But just Google that. You won't find that on any major media outlet. No. Well, it's, it's so often is the case, whether it's COVID-related stuff, whether it's this stuff, it's in there. No one just, it's it really, I mean, again, so much of what's going on in this country now is such a damning uh, view or report of us, the populace, you know, letting, letting everything that's happened over the last several years, over the last several decades, forever and a day, really, it, it does boil. I mean, it's yes, it's them being vile, evil people taking advantage of people and manipulating people with the media and with headlines. And but it's us who's let so many things happen and, and being right. like, well, I guess things are great because the headline says that it is. I mean, that, that, there's got to be a point in time where people and they should and 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 absolutely they should they should if they're not already watching your show and, and Wayne's show and, and Hutch's show over there uh, from 12 to 130. Um, they should be watching that. They should be watching this show. They should be watching other media, getting different perspectives because the headlines never tell the story. They just don't. You got to go beyond it. But but when you have a populace who does go along with it, then all of a sudden you find yourself like, well, damn, how did how did we go from the greatest experiment, the freest country on the planet, to a communist hellhole uh, so quickly? And that's that's what's happening. It's like, oh, because we didn't fight back or realize what was happening. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, my ex-wife is a news director here in Florida, down in the West Palm area, and she and I are still friendly with each other. And she was telling me that part of her company's hiring practice, when she gets, when she's interviewing candidates for either a reporter or an on-anchor, anybody who's on camera, they have to look at their social media followings. And their reporting skills are secondary to their social media followings. That I mean that that's just at a local level. So you can just imagine when you start going to you know a national level of you know the the criteria the hiring criteria to get people on. It's it, journalism now is you know we we've known this for years that it's it, it's a form of entertainment now, and it's yep. also a form it's the propagandist arm of the Marxist Party. And with that, it, it, it's journalism lost its way a long time ago, and I'm not sure. And Jason, I'd like to get your opinion on this. Do you think that? Do you think journalism can come back? And if so, what form does it take? Because obviously, the, the corporate media model isn't working because the corporate media seems to be captured by globalists. Well, you know, in in my opinion, things like Red Voice Media are the future of saving this country. And it, it's remarkable. I mean, we all have we all have a phone, right? And there's more technology in this phone than the space shuttle used to go to the moon the first time in the 60s. There's access to more information today than there ever was in the history of the world. You can learn anything you want to do. Uh, but people are lazy, and your big media platforms are controlled by advertisers. They yeah. pick what messages they want to support. They pick what things they want to do. You know, another thing I tweeted out last this weekend, there was all these anti or Palestine, pro-Palestine protests. Was not any major news source. Should have been front page news, but they don't want to, they don't want to get in that narrative. But that's why what we're doing at Red Voice Media is so critical because there is nothing 
between or there was nothing between like the minor minor leagues like some dude doing his youtube channel with 2000 followers and the daily wire the blades which you know overall they do good work but they're controlled by advertisers too I mean, many of those platforms are. And Red Voice Media, that's why we always talk about on the show, it, it should be your turn it on in the morning while you're working, just listen to it throughout the day. You get a bunch of different people with a bunch of different perspectives, and you get everybody from, like, Colonel Rob Manis, who's one of my favorite people. And, I mean, he breaks down the military, and you get Jason in the morning who will break down, like, a, a lot of the deeper corruption stuff. You know, Wayne Hutch and I, we try to cover... Uh, you know, breaking news, but that's the future of media. We are the future, and that's why it is so important, everybody that sees content creators, that give them value. You watch a show, you, you're smarter when you left than when you came in, or you learned something. We always tell them, like, comment, share. That's how we beat the algorithm. And I encourage everybody, share with people you might not politically agree with, yeah. because I guarantee your friends on the left, which we all have Democrat friends, they have no, like, they know something's wrong with the economy. They bought groceries, and they know something's screwed, and they're being lied to. And you share something like that, and they're going to go, what the hell? Like, and, and it just changes their worldview. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th I think you're right, too. I mean, it, first of all, there is, you know, very, um, very much a, a plug here. But there is a great diversity of content throughout the day in RVM. Uh, you know, uh, Jason's very Jason's coming on the show later this week too. By the way, but Jason Jason Burma is so different than how we do it. Manus, I've known Manus forever, good friend, very different than us. You guys do it. I mean, we we have a lot of similarities in in terms of programming, but like it's just it really is. It's a good thing, but it is all that to say, it is the answer. And and I think when you can work some fun into it too. I mean, one of the things we try and do here is we try and just have some fun there's times where we joke we try some new segments we try all sorts of shit and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and you guys are always really gracious with us and letting us know uh, when it doesn't but a lot of constructive criticism <laughs> I'm, i remember the first time we did that's meme-tastic and one of the comments was like what the hell is going on <laughs> Well, at least we didn't bring back Craigslist misconnection. Oh, that's a great one. Yes. I missed that yeah, one. We'll bring it back. Oh God! <laughs> Let's do it after I get back from from my uh, my upcoming trip. But here. you know what's really funny about, especially folks on the left, when you get in some kind of a debate with them or share your opinion on something, and they always they they always deflect to, oh, what are you a doctor? They they want they they try and credentialize you and try and get you to throw your credentials out on the table for you to have an opinion to be able to speak about something. It's almost they, like they have deference for people who are in positions who you know have got sheepskins hanging on the walls from whatever university it is, where for the average person it's just about reading, and like Jason, we were talking about in your, you know, in your former uh, business of reading business reports. That's what you did, so it's easy for you to break something down like a business report. But for somebody like myself or Drew, when we we listen to you and what you have to say, oh yeah, that makes total sense, and then you know, and then share that information, then it becomes oh. Where did you get your business degree? You're always met with this shitty attitude from people. Right. <laughs> you are. Well, it's like when somebody gets a degree, they think you're anointed some genius. And we've seen an utter failure in the last 30 years of colleges actually teaching people anything. These, these robots 
graduate from these Marxist colleges and, you know, they know about their pronouns, but they don't know how to read a P&L or how to file an LLC, you know, for, for business perspective, folks, you know, let's talk about DEI and hiring. But when you're like, hey, how would you, you know, how would you start your business? What's your business plan? Oh, what's that? You know, don't we just need to hire a bunch of gays and black people and lesbians and whatnot? <laughs> right. We'll be good. Well, and most of them don't. I mean, you say you, you say P and L there. Most of them are like, uh huh. What's a P and L? Like, I mean, right, exactly. I mean, most people just don't don't know any of that. By the way, going through taxes right now, that's super fun. Um, speaking of P and Ls, my my blood pressure's not high. Yours is. Um, but uh, I want to pivot. I want to pivot because we we get, we're so we're doing this independent media thing. Let's keep doing some independent media thing. And having some fun. By the way, Jason Robertson here from the Wayne Dupree podcast, 12 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern, every, well, Monday through Thursday, uh, like we are, like so many of the shows on Red Voice Media are. Make sure you check it out if you're not already. But so, the, you know, you see these dignitaries come in, world leaders come in, and you had the president of Domrep, Dominican Republic, come in and sit down with Biden. And I honestly don't know. I, I mean, people will have their opinions on this, whether it was purposeful whether it was accidental, uh, accidental, I'm making up Biden words now. But but regardless, you had him talking about this summit that's going to happen in Dom Rep, which, by the way, I'm down to go to. I don't want to be around the politicians, but I'll, I'll go, you know, get some beach time in. But he said he talked to he was like, yeah, he told Joe, of all people, you can spend time on the beach during the summit. Take a listen. Let's talk about whether it was on purpose or not. Mr. President, we look forward to welcoming you soon to the Dominican Republic at the next, at the next summit of the Americas in 2025, where we will continue to develop the bonds of prosperity, security, and democracy that bind us together. And that summit will be in Punta Cana, so you have time to be on the beach. Because <laughs> everyone sees that he loves to be on the beach. I mean, I, I don't, look, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I normally would have the answer to this. I don't know the, the political leanings of that dude. I know that I want to go to Punta Cana. But it seems like a slight zinger at him. And even if he didn't mean to, it absolutely was, because that's how— Joe's people, that's how Americans look at him like, hey, bro, you've been gone 40% of your presidency. We know you're not in charge, but at least pretend to be and don't spend all your time at the beach. Uh, how did you take that? Well, you know, it, it's funny because our media likes to run cover for Joe Biden and act like he's not a 80-something-year-old going through mental decline who doesn't know where he is half the time. I think he has sundowner syndrome. But they know he's not working hard. They see he's in the beach of Delaware every weekend. And we like to pretend, our media likes to pretend that the world doesn't see that, but the world does see that. Yeah. And we've all been to big conventions and, and whatnot. When these world leaders get together for these big conventions, they interact with Joe Biden and they talk to him and they know he's not there. They know he's not sharp. I mean, half the time, you know, if you watch people behind him, he's pooping himself. And they're like looking at him like, did he just crap himself? And and like we can pretend in America that he is not just he, that he doesn't belong in memory care, but the world leaders don't. So yeah, that was completely a shot across the bow. They, if you watch media from around the world, they just openly mock us now, yeah, because they know we're led by Joe Biden. And then when Biden's not there, they send in the, you know, the the Keebler elves. You know, here comes Kamala. And then you blink in or I mean, everybody on his his team is an equity hire. 
they can't complete a sentence. They don't know what they're talking about. They're they're just. I mean, that's what equity hiring gets you. you it know? does. And 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 there's. I know there's some people out there who obviously support it because they're just that dumb. But then there's others who are like, oh, but they seem nice. Like that is not the qualification we're looking for in, in such senior positions. <laughs> okay, uh, last and really important question: Would you consider yourself to be nice? Nice. Yes, I would. My my lover says that I'm quite gentle. Um, I think we'd be remiss without men if we are going to mention a uh, Dominican Republic story that Senator Bob Menendez got in trouble back in 2014 arranging visas for underage girls for his contact in uh, Palm Beach County, Florida. So whenever I see a Dominican story, Dominican Republic story, I think it's important to remember that because Bob's now back in the news and Bob is a greaseball and he was into human trafficking before human trafficking has gotten the legs that it has now. So that's for me, very important to remember what a scuzzball that guy is. Well, Sam, you know, let me ask you a question though, professor. What do you think Menendez did this time? Because they've known he's a scuzzball, and they've known he's a piece of trash, and they've known all this. This is not a secret. And it's been over a decade that they've known that. And all of a sudden, they pick now that they're going to roll Bob Menendez. Right. I, I'm glad you brought that up, Jason, because I felt I, I thought the exact same thing. Something is going on right now, the inner workings of the Democrat Party. It's almost like they need a sacrificial lamb. So they're like, OK, who's been in trouble before? Who has a seat that we could get rid of but easily replaced? Uh, you know, Bob's got a lot of skeletons in his closet. You know what? He's getting to the, you know, near near the end of his career. He's done enough for the party. And I'm sure it was some sort of, like, slight, like at a cocktail party or something where he, like, talked to the wrong person, like whether it be a representative or a senator or the wife or a spouse of, of uh, what, uh, representative or senator. And was like, went down the road of like, hey, how about if we hook up? There's something a little bit more spicy there that really pissed somebody off and rubbed them the wrong way. And they're like, you know what? He's going to be our sacrificial lamb. Screw him. Yep. Bye. Uh, <laughs> all right. So staying kind of international, we talked Punicana. We talked the slight from the, the Dom rep president towards Biden, letting him know that he would get beach time in. He should have brought up naps and a couple other things as well. If you really want to. If you really want to get ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, absolutely yeah. ice Talk cream. Gosh, I mean, you can get, I mean, I'll be honest. You can get me excited talking about ice cream. And, and Wait, you have soft serve? I'm there. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little excited right now. Pearl uh, shampoo and like, you know. I don't need shampoo. Like cherry, <laughs> cherry lip gloss to make it smell like a 10-year-old girl. Oh. <laughs> and the next story uh, seems to be safe, be smart. <laughs> <laughs> but so you, you, I think you tweeted about this today too, Jason. But so there was um, something that came out and you had America's 51st governor, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, who came out, and he's referenced this before, who came out and said, it's not the right time for elections. <laughs> <laughs> now is not the time for for fairness and, and elections. It's just not. I, it's Look, it's not. I, I want your take, but it's not surprising to me in the least. What is what is concerning is that this is kind of where the entire world is trending like, eh, I mean, do we have to do it this time around? What, right. You tweeted about it. What was your take on this? Well, well, so first, I mean, just to preface, 
myself and, and my guys, we don't think there'll be a U.S. election. Time. We're not sure exactly what's going to happen. And I'm not saying it's the most likely outcome, but we're, I'm giving it like 20, 30 percent that there is no election. I'm with you. I think it, I think so, too. I think it's kind of in that range, not not to a coin flip, but it's but it's it's on the board. It's trending there. And Zelensky, if you follow it, like when they called Ukraine a democracy, it wasn't. We did a color revolution where we installed Zelensky. I mean, the facts are out there. The Clinton and the intel agencies were working to overthrow the previous government and install Zelensky. He's been a puppet the whole time. And now that this war in, in Ukraine's been going on, which is just the biggest money laundering operation ever, um, he, he's, he floated this idea like five, six months ago. And then, you know, because that's what they always do, right? They throw this story out just to see what the reaction going to be. And people didn't freak out. And then a few months later, he came out and said, well, if we're going to hold elections, we're going to need the U.S. to pay for it. Like that right. true story. Yeah, like, I remember it. We talked about it. Yeah, like, like Google it, folks, if you don't believe us. And then he came out today and he stopped. If you read a statement, he stopped one step short of saying we're just not going to do an election. And I think it's a precursor in America. You know, if we're if we're in some sort of active war somewhere where the Biden administration will cite some rule from somewhere to say we can withhold the election, which has never been done in right. the United States. Or but, if we're in three and I wars. Think to a certain extent, the, the Ukraine thing, they're trying to see what the international reaction will be so that if they pull the pin on something like that in America, just like how will that be perceived? Well, you're so right. I mean, we that's one that we talk about it a lot. I mean, these guys, they they A and B test. They they'll throw something out. Okay, what do you think? Okay, all right. That that went not so bad. Like let's let's soften it up a little bit. Let's let's put it back on the back burner, and then we're gonna deploy it later. And then likewise, if it goes horribly wrong, let's just call it something else, rebrand it, and bring it back out. The Dems do that all the time. And and look. To their credit, they're good at it. They play the game better. Ooh, people lost their shit when we said this. Let's call it something new. Let's tuck it in this bill over here that has nothing to do with it. Like, and, and they figure it out. Global warming and then climate change. It, well, yeah. Right. And, 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 and we can't pass a bill that's just about this, so let's pass a bill that's about this, and let's tuck it in. I mean, they play the game better than we do. The Inflation Reduction Act is, is, is the perfect <clears throat> example of that. That's Green the Green deal. New Deal. 100%. Yep. Well, and it's funny, too, they're even worse than that because a lot of times they'll throw something out just so that you get the news cycle through it and everybody gets pissed about it so that when you throw it out the second time, then less people get pissed and you throw it out the third time. Like, you get fatigued. You're like, I don't want to talk about you taking away my gas stoves. Yeah. But if you look, there's gas stove legislation that's happening right now. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, 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 and that's all they need. They need these. That's how they've done this whole thing in our country is little incremental victories. It's this the whole death by a thousand cuts thing. Okay. All right, we're not okay, we're maybe we're not talking about it nationally, but here it's already happened in New York. Here it's going to happen there. And people are going to be like, "No, that's so dumb. No one would ever do that." And then all of a sudden, oh shit, it's happened in 12 states, and then you see this happen and you see that happen and they just they they, they play the the long game so well. And I hate it cuz our side is like they're they're experts at it. We're, we haven't even learned about it on our side. Like our side is just so <laughs> stupid when it comes to that. And there's great people. I'm not saying, but our side just gets its ass kicked when it comes to that. And and that's how we got here. So a reminder, you know, it's yes, it's our elected leaders, but it's also the collective populace too, who's like, I mean, think about it. Think about us here. And, and I, 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 
I'll, I'll use myself as, as an example, not to to beat up anyone else in 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 the the split we've got here. But there's so many things that I went along with for so long, even working in the government, where it's like that would never happen. And now you fast forward to now, I'm like, damn it, I got all that wrong. <laughs> I got every I got every one of those things wrong, and look where it's landed us. And and we, you know, I guess that it, it's a way of learning progressing and, and getting along with with improvement and trying to in this case save the republic but but gum man i got a lot of things wrong and we have collectively as a country and that's that's where we are now well it's interesting you say that because that's one of the things we talk about on our show is we like to say it it, it would be nice if we had a second party in america yeah. because we only have <laughs> one political party we don't have two you Amen. know, people are talking about a third party. We're like, can we get a second? Yeah. <laughs> because, and and it's funny, like, I grew up when we were blowing up countries in the Middle East for oil and money. And so I had a strong distrust of the government from, like, day one. And I'm like, why do they want to send people over there? And they come up with all these excuses. Like, these seem really flimsy. And, but it's interesting on our show, like, Hutch was kind of like you. Like, he served in the military, as did Wayne. And, and he bought all the Republican BS. Yeah. And he supported political candidates. He did he did all that. And then in 2016, when Trump happened and he saw the corruption of the Republican Party, it just blew him up. And he's just like mad as hell. And, and you know, if you figure in 2016, we sent in Trump with the House and Senate with good enough majorities where we could have passed transformative legislation. And people want to blame Trump for things not getting done. But he doesn't pass laws right. like Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell do that. They couldn't even send a single subject bill saying here's $15 billion for the wall. And what Republicans, if you look, we, we call them the Washington generals. Like they like so to put we. up close enough game so that they lose because like this round of fundraising in 2024 is going to be a bananas fundraising year for the Republican Party. They make way more money when Democrats are destroying things and they're running against that then they make when they're coming out of term where Republicans had control of government and things were pretty calm and people were were nice and and always follow the money. It's when Republicans are going to do things that financially benefits them. Kevin yeah. McCarthy speaker because he was the most prolific fundraiser. And yeah. and it's just I mean, the corruption of money and government and the Republican Party is just as bad as the Democrats, although we hate to admit it. Yeah. No, it, it, it is. And, and we it's funny. We, we reference the same thing all the time. We reference uh, our side as the Washington generals. And we do. We talk about how there's there is no we have a fake opposition party. It doesn't actually oppose anything or do anything for us. Well, every time we bring it up, I always look it up just to make sure. But their official website says they have three victories when some reporters say they have six. So you, it's the true thing here in the government. Oh, we have some wins, but do we really? Because the you know, if we were to look uh, yeah. break, break it down to brass tacks, we really only have three. <laughs> like, like it's right. true. Well, you, and you got you got it every once in a while. Give a win because then it feels like okay, maybe they are fighting for us. <laughs> they're they're right. not. But you you bring up Trump there, so I want to pivot to this. Let's let's jump past the Acosta thing at least for now. But you bring up Trump. And it wasn't all his thing, right? And, and I, I know you guys do too. Like we here pick on everyone. I, 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 I will pick on everyone, including Trump. I think he he had a lot of things he did right. I think most of the things he did right. And then there's some stuff. I think COVID was an issue for him. I think personnel was an issue for him. But there's a lot of stuff that people hit on him for. It's like, yeah, what do you expect the man to do? And have you noticed, by the way, 
especially during his term and beyond, how corrupt the city was. You thought it was bad before. Now you know. But <clears throat> as, as you have Biden, who is clearly in cognitive decline, clearly not respected by any, clearly a useful tool of the left, no doubt. Uh, but as he's not doing so well, the polls show it. There's people on the left who do not want him there, which is why I don't think he will be there. We're firm believers that he won't be the guy in 2024. But You've got all that happening, and Trump is Trump is surging. They're throwing everything they can at him. There's this newest poll that came out, and it's, I'll just read it from here. It says, breaking, if the election were held today, Trump would easily beat Biden with over 300 electoral votes, according to a new swing state poll from The New York Times and Siena College. There's other, there's other polls, of course, and none of us can trust, nor should we trust polls, uh, but— there's other ones who will say the opposite and say Biden still looks safe. And because of the indictments and, and all of this stuff, he's going to be OK. Uh, I, I, again, I don't think Biden's going to be there. But but what's your take on this? Do you do you believe this poll or do you think that the left would actually let that happen? Well, you know, a few things. One, I think all polls are garbage. The only polls I really put much weight into is People's Pundit Rich Barris. Uh, because he actually does some some pretty good deep dive beyond just like the first question. So anytime I see polls, I tend to discount them. The fact is Trump won 2016 by 65,000 votes across swing states, roughly that number. And in 2020, he lost by 40,000, 44,000 votes across the swing states. So if, you know, between the two elections, it was less than 100,000 votes of the millions and millions of votes that were counted. Plus there was all the shenanigans, that kind of stuff. And I think the trouble the Democrats will have this time with President Trump is as much as they try to run interference, they are like, the you're just making more popular. And honestly, Trump saying less, but just giving a small press conference after a court hearing might not be the worst thing in the world yeah. because Trump is known for saying some some things where you're like, oh, dude, did you have to say that? <laughs> yeah. So, but Americans, too, they just feel the country's broken, and everybody can look back and go, my life was better in 2017, other than the left was crying about everything, than it is in 2023. Groceries are cheaper. Gas was cheaper. My life was better. I felt safe and secure in my neighborhood. So uh, I am huge pro-Trump. He is the candidate that I will be voting for in 2024, unless they assassinate him, which could be in play. And... Uh, and I think that Americans, I think he'll win the election handily because so many Americans are are waking up. And all this Department of Justice stuff, like this New York case, I mean, you guys have talked about it on your show. We've talked about it on ours. It is the, it, it is the most egregious, in my opinion. It's the stupidest court case ever. And the fact that the state of New York, there should be protests out front by taxpayers saying you have spent 21 days on this crap because you're going after a property developer with the accusation that he fudged the property values, <laughs> even though all these companies would have had to to verify it. Like, like you don't get to call your insurance company and go, yeah, building's worth $2 million. Right. I, I mean, it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, there's no victim in this crime because right. the, he, he got the loans and paid back the loans. So, you, you know, you can I can say that my vehicle outside, you know, is worth $30,000 and if I, you know, or $50,000 and if I get a loan from that from somebody, you know, off the books or whatever and then pay it back to him, there's he's not that person's not a victim. I you know, I I overvalued my vehicle just so I could leverage that money, but there's no victim. And to say that, you know, if you overvalue something is now a crime 
Well, man, you got to be you better start building more prisons. <laughs> Can you imagine if they went through all the New York property developers? Right. <laughs> and they try to say with a straight face that even though he's the only one in the history of New York that's ever been prosecuted for this, right. like they, they try to act like it's not political. It's right. like <clears throat> it, it, it really it, on, on, on this, but so many other cases too. like, no, this is just justice. Bro, we haven't had justice in this country in a long ass time. That's just that's a that's a dead concept. But what's interesting about this election is you think about it. Obviously, there was there was issues, there were shenanigans and some fraud and and stuff that happened. We're not going to dive into that because we don't have time. I want to get a couple more stories in where, where we got you here with us, Jason. But obviously that that stuff happened. But also you did have people who changed their vote and went Biden back in the day just because they were told to hate Trump. They were told that this is not presidential and he's not the right person and they were scared. Orange of man, tweets. orange man bad. Orange, orange man, man bad. bad. Yeah, right. They, they, they did that and they were tired of him. Yes. OK, yes, there, there is good stuff happening, but we've been told he's bad and I'm tired of it. We need the adults back in charge. We need the adults back in charge. <laughs> so they pivot, right, with some significant help, but they pivot and they go back to it, and now you're in a, the exact opposite situation where people right. are like, okay, I'm, I, I didn't want to choose Trump, and I'm not saying that's us. Obviously, I, probably everyone on the screen here doesn't feel that way, but I didn't want to choose Trump, uh, but I'm not going to choose Biden. So now it's literally the opposite. Like, we, we chose Biden not because we believed in him before, but he wasn't Trump, and now it's going to be, well, I'll, I would vote for Trump over that guy. And, and, yep. and that, I mean, they've done that to themselves. Well, didn't Pelosi say it'll be great to have decency back in the Oval Office? Yeah, oh, they all have said Yeah, so. and, and it's like, so not being there 40% of the time, he's showered with his granddaughter, right? He's the most right. scandal-ridden president <laughs> in, right. in our, our history. It's well, the Democrat voters didn't even want Biden. If it wasn't for James Clyburn, he never would have been the nominee in 2020. I do reckon you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you well, think I about do, it, he ran twice before, and he just got destroyed. Yeah. Now, if, if Ron Biden, though, we do some on the show and we have a guest and, and we ask a, a series of three quick questions that I'm going to have to get your guys' votes on. So one, is Joe Biden going to be the nominee? Two, are they going to get rid of him in time to be to have an actual primary? Or are they going to bull shenanigans at their convention? And three, if not Joe Biden, who's it going to be? So I think, uh, no, it's not going to be Joe Biden. I hadn't thought about question two, but I would I would say, and I'll, whatever you got, but I would say it's not going to be a primary. They're going to pull shenanigans. They're going to slip in, and the answer three would be probably Gavin Newsom. No, mm -hmm. you're going Gavin. But, but, but I could see, and I've said this before, Jason, I don't think it's likely. I, I think if it's not Gavin— it's worse than Gavin, and I think it's Michelle. At which, Big Mike. At which point, I think we lose no matter what. I don't think we can win no matter who's on our side if Michelle runs. As depressing as that sounds, um, we need another drink. Another drink. Oh, yeah. What if they well, pull let's it out get of the nowhere other and, it's and it's Pelosi? Pelosi's not going to run. That's, that's, <laughs> she's been quiet. You haven't heard from her in a while. She's been quiet. She's, so is Maxine Waters, but that doesn't mean they're not done. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what, Tom, do you want to answer, and then we'll get Jason's feedback. Sure. I think the DNC wants Gavin to run, and I think the RNC wants either DeSantis or Nikki Haley, probably more Nikki Haley to run, because they want two establishment people that they can control that are— that, 
will manage the progressive agenda on each side the way they want it to. You know, I've said it, you know, for years now. The neocons and progressives are the same people. Neocons just have to happen to be going the speed limit, but they're both going to the same destination. And I just view those, the DeSantis, Haley, and Newsom, as your traditional sort of— the, I, I don't know about DeSantis. I'm still on the fence with him, just, you know, living in Florida and him being the governor here. It would break my heart if he turned out to be a progressive. Nikki Haley is a progressive. She's a right-wing progressive and neocon. You know, she, it, she and Mitch McConnell— are pretty much the same person, except, you know... She has breasts. She has breasts. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> they both have vaginas, but he's got breasts. But I think it, it depends on if they can get Trump off the ballot. If they can get Trump off the ballot in, in Colorado, then that sends a ripple effect to other states, because now you've got this judge's opinion about why he believes that, you know, Trump... Was the was the catalyst for an insurrection? Because to me, this whole case in, in Colorado hinges on the word insurrection. And if it was an insurrection, and the definition of what an insurrection is, and if that becomes case law, then I think, well, just a case to um, for other states to reference, you know, unless it goes up to you know to the appeals process and eventually to the Supreme Court. Um, it has the possibility of having a really detrimental effect on on Trump's chances. And I think the higher that he rises, in the, that Trump rises in these polls, the more likely it is that we're going to see some sort of nuclear option. And to me, the nuclear option is Big Mike, because I, you know, I could be wrong. And it, it sounds like I'm joining in with, you know, the prevailing thoughts out there when it comes to Big Mike and his chances of winning. He just— Everyone talks about how he is a shoo-in if he decides to run. If he doesn't go for jail for killing the chef because yeah. he saw the yes. sauce. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, that's all—you you, know—you can do that. I mean, Ted Kennedy proved that, you know, a homicide right. is totally acceptable in the Democrat Party. Yeah. So how did we do, well, Jason? I mean, I, I mean, great. You us. know, it's, it's interesting. We, we do it with our guests, and, and we did it on our show. Pretty much everybody agrees Biden's gone. And pretty much everybody agrees it's going to be late enough where there's no real primary. And most all the votes are either Gavin or Big Mike. Everybody's kind of uniform on that. Although, I got to tell you, the, the one pick that surprised me was done by one Mr. Wayne Dupree. And Wayne knows everything, and Wayne's done this a long time. And I always find that when my opinion's different than Wayne's, I got to check myself and go, is this the thing? He really thinks they're going to run Kamala Harris. And he's like, the Democrat machine is so strong. Oh. Joe Biden is not that much worse than Kamala Harris. Um, you know, you'll still get the the black vote, which they need to win. Yep. And the there's no vote. way to get yep. rid of her. But but it's funny because I've even asked him like a couple months now, like, are you still going Kamala? He's like, I know it sounds crazy. I know she's horrible and nobody with a brain cell would vote for her. But the Democrat machine is just that strong. And, and like I say, Wayne, whenever Wayne and I disagree on something, I always got to go like, why does he think that way? Yeah. And then when I when I investigated his opinion, I'm like, he might not be wrong. Well, I mean, he, he's absolutely right in the, in the sense of, like, the Democrat machine is so strong. They can really do almost whatever they want. 
Like, it, yes, the nuclear option is Michelle. You do that, you win. It's it's damn near a layup. It's a, it's a, almost a certainty. But but you, I mean, he's not wrong in that sense. That's just so depressing. I think the worst case scenario for America is honestly that they run Joe again because that just shows how much they hate everyone and <laughs> and place so little value on. Like we know he's awful. We know he'll likely die during his next term. But it doesn't matter because you don't matter. And we decide everything for you, you little peasants. And, and, and Kamala would have kind of the same feel as Joe running again. That would be such a slap in the face. And yeah. yet, <clears throat> even though Trump would run circles around her in a, in a debate and he's got the more energy when you talk about it, no, no one ever puts enough into the whole machine aspect, though. It's like, is this what American people want? No, but that's not the question. You got to ask the right question. What does the machine want? What does permanent Washington want? Because they do not care about you or me or any of us out there. So, so that's it, it's all. I feel like we always ask the wrong questions in this country. Well, she loves Venn diagrams. So she does. Yeah. I mean, that would make her a <laughs> great does. president. Yeah. Yellow school buses. She's got it all. <laughs> I mean, one thing that we've proved with her is that as long as because they did it with Biden and then they did it with her. As long as she's with a, enough cocktail of drugs inside of her or whatever it is, she can go up there and give some kind of speech. And people are going to listen. I'm, I'm just saying people listen. It's right. not, it's not people a, listen because she's <laughs> a black female. Yeah. Well, and she also has the cover of the media. Yeah. The media, just like they were doing with Biden during the campaign and like they're doing with them now, treat him like a Fabergé egg. And it, it, they, they will not criticize, critique, or hold him accountable for anything that he does, which is quite remarkable. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show about the state, the current state of journalism right now. And I think Wayne is on to something. I could see, you know, now that we're talking it through, the Democrat machine dragging her across the finish line. And who's to say that this, you know, this eight-hour meeting that she had with baby Soros wasn't about this specific strategy of dragging her across the finish line? You know, I, I can solve your Kamala problem, too, so you don't get so frustrated when you listen to her talk. <laughs> Just look at her and say she is either— drunker than hell or high as a kite and suddenly instead of being horrified by what she's saying you're like she actually did pretty good for as high as she is yeah she got, <laughs> like, she got a sentence out got it yeah. right okay i yeah. will do that i still again um you know you're the vp it's got to be better but yeah you're right i mean that's just set the bar lower expectations lower i yeah i mean i could see that i could see the eight hour meeting being that i've taken the different tone of it's hey here's why you're not going to be next in line and and here's why we talk about a lot here's why we're putting you in charge of ai and the board i mean again she, she whatever i'm not going to go into it but ai the border all these important issues is to set her up to fail but uh, here we, again i said earlier in the show i've been wrong on so many things so many of us have been in this country because you hope for the best you wish for the best and then you see what's going on and how they look at us and it's like oh well yeah maybe it just well it, they could use newsom and and the soccer moms would vote for him because he's he's tall and skinny and has nice hair or they could go michelle and everyone would think oprah's running or they could do whatever and it, but they don't necessarily have to and that's that's the scary thing and that's that's really the story of it all yeah i, I mean they got joe biden elected uh, and yeah. it, the is has there been a worse candidate in our lifetime? Like Never. the libertarian candidate was probably better than Joe Biden last cycle. 
Yeah, there's candidates the who no one even knows the name of. Candidates whose parents don't care about their kids who ran. We're like, more and more. I mean, it's absolutely. It's, it, this is such a damning thing for our country. Yeah. So there, there's your depressing news of the day. And like I say, when, <laughs> and like I say, when Wayne, when Wayne says it, and and he thinks something different, and then I run it through, and I'm like, God damn, he might be right. Oh, this is awful. That's how. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Well, uh, here's uh, let's do at least one more thing while we've got you, and you've you've given us a lot of your time, and we want to be respectful of that. But we we've got a Hamas caucus story. Hamas caucus, of course, what we refer to around here as the squad. Uh, so let's let's get into it. We got a quick bump, then we'll get to it. I haven't seen this yet. <laughs> is upset that we're still talking uh, about him breaking the law pulling the fire alarm pulling the fire alarm right and he got a fine for it a misdemeanor and we showed him going in but of course it does nothing he James turned himself in he turned himself in what a brave man um <laughs> but but he he gets asked about it here i mean look this was a a, a big deal it, did we expect anything to actually happen and come from it no it's that that's not the world we live in now. Well, we knew he did it on purpose by the fact that when they released the image, they took a still photo from the video and didn't release the video the weekend that it happened. That, to me, was my red flag that whatever Jamal Bowman is saying is utter and complete bullshit. Yeah. Period. Well, let's listen to what he says, because someone asked him about it, and he, he was not all too happy that he was being questioned on this because it was in the past. Take a listen. Why did you uh, plead guilty to knowingly pulling that fire alarm when you said that you didn't know it? Initially, you told all of us you didn't know there's a fire you know, alarm. We're still talking about this, man. That's behind me. That's been adjudicated. We're done. Pay the fine. Move forward. In three months, it'll be dismissed. But you weren't, you didn't, you weren't straight about what happened initially. I was very straight. I was straight from the very beginning. You said you didn't know, though. <laughs> I was straight from the beginning. Someone yes. did invoke that today on the House floor, though. What's that? About that incident, the fact that you had Come on, been, you've actually pleaded guilty, and he is still just being charged. Yeah, whatever, man. That's all good. Any other questions about anything else? But, but can you just explain why you no, said that man, initially? We already talked about this. Anything else? All right. Peace and love, y'all. <laughs> Jason, what say you? <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's funny. So when you watch politics, understand you're watching pro wrestling. You know, the Republicans and, and Democrats yep. and the media's in on it. Like, they're just the announcers asking questions. And the Democrat Party knows nobody is going to ever be held accountable for doing anything until they step out of line. Like Bob Menendez, we talked about it earlier. Bob was dirty for years. And then finally, they're like, okay, Bob, you've got to go. Jamal Bowman knows he's protected. He's a black man. He's in the Hamas caucus. He can do anything he wants. So, you know, sometimes I think, oh, he breaks out the belt. <laughs> sometimes I think when when they bring out these guys to ask questions, it's just to say it's the media attempting to say, see, we hold them accountable, too. Oh, and that's I, the yeah. biggest softball question ever. So it is. But I, but it, you're right. That it's, it's, it's that it's see, we're doing our job, just like you see right. politicians. We're speaking truth to power. Right, <laughs> right. But, but, but then literally, I mean, his response is, first of all, he hates everyone. 
and he's mad at them deep down for like, why are you asking me a question? You're supposed to be on my side. You should you should only ask lawball questions that are approved by my staff. But you're asking a question. His, his only response, come on, man. I mean, how many times did he say, come on, man, there? It was like, like listen right. to Joe Biden. Yeah, like you're... <laughs> You're, you're literally they don't have to answer the question. Though. No, they don't. They'll, they're never asked a real question, and they don't have to answer it. And so how dare you ask him that question? Yeah. So it's just infuriating. It really is. But, I mean, I'm telling you, we talked about him the other day. Last week we had a question. Actually, I, I'm going to ask this question to you right now. This is one of our questions of the day last week. Who is the dumbest member of the Hamas yeah. caucus? <laughs> Who would you choose? Boy, that's a tough one. Isn't it? I mean— there's dumb and there's evil. I think AOC is the dumbest one because she's just an actress and oh, they I just see. feed her the lines. <laughs> I mean, she's very attractive. But she if sure you is. go back and look how, and you guys know this, you know, some in your audience might not. They literally did like an acting audition <laughs> to find the person that was going to run for that house seat. And and it, it was literally like an acting audition. And yeah. she just gets better lines. That's why if you ever watch her go off script, it's tragically bad and stupid. But like when she's in a hearing and she's got her little notes written there, and they're like, okay, I'm supposed to ask you this, 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 and this. She does pretty well. Yeah. So I think she's the stupidest, but she has the best writers, so she doesn't seem as stupid. And some other best features. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish I, I still had that meme that the, or the photo, the AI photo that Tom – the, where she's pregnant holding Trump's hand. <laughs> that was, oh, I deleted it this morning. Oh. I, I, I think Cory Bush is up there, but Jamal Bowman doesn't get enough credit for how dumb he is. He's I, not a smart He was person. smart enough to pull the sign off the door before he pulled the fire alarm. On yeah. camera. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the dude is not smart. I mean, we've talked about it before. Hank Johnson is really dumb. Hank Johnson and Max. Can you imagine a baby with Hank Johnson and Maxine Waters? Your God. First of all, they couldn't figure out the right hole. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Hank Johnson is so dumb that the Hamas caucus won't even invite him in. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. Dude, you're going to make us look stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can't bring you on. Sorry. Uh, I love it. Uh, Jason, we've loved having you, man. We're going to do this again. This was fun. I'm coming up to your neck of the woods here soon, too. I uh, can't wait to get out of this warm weather. It's supposed to be um, the holiday season, and it was 80-plus degrees. Yeah, we were today. sweating in the car so, today, yeah. Uh, and, and you guys probably up north want that in my home birth state of Minnesota. But down here, we want the opposite just goes to show we're never happy we're right. all miserable you humans. can't always get what you want but but uh, i'm looking forward to getting some cool minnesota air up there hopefully not getting run over by a hamas palestine or pro-palestine um protest or anything like that but thank you so much for coming uh, obviously people should know by now we've said it multiple times monday through thursday 12 to 1 30 p.m that's when the show is the wayne dupree podcast you wayne hutch talking laying in to just some truth and and sharing the news where's the best place to follow you though individually you know if you want to follow me twitter's the best platform uh i'm at at jrob from mn.com um and you can also find me on red voice media like they'll tag me on stuff if you if you don't remember and uh, yeah i mean it's been a blast on the show you know let me know when you come up to minnesota it's going to be like snowing and cold and I, I can't uh wait. And, and i gotta say like huge shout out for what you're doing and what Red Voice Media is doing, getting a lot of different content creators, a lot of different exposure. It, it's really revolutionary. Our show really appreciates it. We love the partnership with you guys. And, and like I say, for your audience, you know, it, all day long, we, want, we, we were used to turning on Fox News and just letting it go all day while you were doing stuff. And you can't do that anymore. It's hot garbage. 
uh, Red Voice Media can become that thing. And every show on there, every creator, they all take a different approach, but they're all sharing really good information with you. Absolutely. No, they are. And you guys are a key part of it. So we're so grateful to to have you guys uh, in that 12 to 130 slot. Eventually, we'll get you into a three hour slot like us. We'll get we're just going to keep doing it. Um, we'll all we'll all ruin our, our family lives with with these big ass uh, time slots for shows. Uh, but no, Jason, <laughs> thanks so much uh, for coming here. We definitely will do it again. Everyone, make sure you check out the Wayne Dupree podcast, 12 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Monday through Thursday. Have a great night, brother. We'll see you again soon. Thanks a lot. See you later, guys. You got it. All right, folks, check it out. And he's right. He's right. I mean, it's really tough. You you put the news on because you want to have it on. If you're like me, so I'm, I have too much going on. My wife always is like, "There's what, do you need all of this on? But yes, I do because I'm broken. But I like to have the news on. I like to have some music on in the background. And then I'm usually working on my laptop. I'm, well, not usually. I'm always working on my laptop. But um, people are like, why is he wearing a belt? We were talking about wrestling, and then it just it went on there. The and belt of the most overrated wrestler. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Uh, you're actually you're not wrong, but um, but but the but anyways, it, it is a great place. Keep it on. Turn it on. You can do it everywhere too. It's not just Rumble. You can go to Rumble.com forward slash Red Voice Media to get the whole stream and then the replay of the stream daily in case you miss anything. You can go to Roku. You can go to Amazon Firestick TV. You can go to Apple TV. There's so many ways to do it. Um, so please do do it. Uh, we appreciated having Jason. You just said do 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 do. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I say all sorts of stupid <laughs> shit all day long. It's it's what I do. Uh, follow him, J Rob from Minnesota on Twitter. He's got a gr- he's he's a great follow. He really is. I'm not just saying that because he was on the show. Um, great dude. And obviously, I'm biased because I'm from Minnesota also. But um, we are going to take a quick break. Hit the head, fill some 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 beverages. You guys should do the same. When we come back, we're going to go overseas, uh, and uh, we're going to talk Israel because things didn't get less spicy at all. They got, in fact, a lot more spicy. So, uh, yes. We should do the question of the day, though, first. Oh, you're right, Disco. We should do the question of the day. We're heading into the holiday season. Some of you guys are already there. Everyone's kind of doing it differently, whatever. We're not going to judge. We judge a lot of other people, so we won't judge this. But here's my question. We're coming up on Thanksgiving in just a few weeks here. It sounds crazy, but it's true. But what is the most hated traditional Thanksgiving dish? You're going to have dinner with your family or whenever you have it, lunch, dinner, whatever. You're going to have a big-ass feast, and you're going to feel miserable afterwards. And you should because it's America. But what is that dish that everyone's like, oh, did you try this? And you're like, no, because it sucks. And maybe so do you. What is that dish? <laughs> Cut it real deep there. It really did. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to go that far. The, what's the most hated traditional Thanksgiving dish? Send in your response. You've got it. It's in your head, right? As soon as I said that, you got mad and you started typing. Some of you are like angrily breaking keys on your keyboard talking about it. I know what it is for me. I'll share my response as well. We'll get into Israel. We'll do all that right after a quick break. Interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. 
be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Berquist, then click subscribe, or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist on your web browser. My business partner Jim and I uh, started Thistle Creek Reserve because we wanted to bring glory to God. We want to be Christ-centered seven days a week, 365 days a year. Our coffee is produced all around the world, some from Papua New Guinea, South America, and Guatemala, Brazil, for example. Beyond the Cup is it's our life motto. It's our way to give back, and it's, for us, our charitable partners. Uh, we partner with the Tim Tebow uh, Akoa Philippi Project to help rescue women and children from sex trafficking. Uh, we partner with Seamark Ranch, a uh, foster care community to help show the love of Christ to children uh, who've really just been abandoned by their families. One of the things that we do is we go back and we support the missionaries that we help get our coffee from so that they can build churches and uh, schools and hospitals and dig wells so that everybody has fresh and clean water. We stand on core conservative Christian values, and we will never shy away from that. But that doesn't mean that we don't love our friends that are across the aisle. We love them all. We want to serve good coffee to them all. And we want them to know that there's somebody who might not think like they do, but is willing to love them anyway and have a conversation with them. Hockey coaches. Ooh. Yes. Hockey coaches. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. wear suits. They, yeah. they don't wear sweaters or 
No, they they actually dress the best uh, yeah. of, of all. We sorry, we were having a conversation about coaches' apparel. During like NBA and NHL, they're the high standard tie suit, the whole nine yards. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't want to wear that, but I, but I mean, a, a polo. I mean, even a polo and a blazer, or just a polo and some slacks and hockey. You know, on the bench there. Could you imagine a hockey coat <laughs> with like the jersey on with a number? <laughs> <Like baseball laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they even have skates on. Like maybe they'll let me in. I don't know. <laughs> I long for the days the coaches wearing those old bike shorts. Yeah, two buttons. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and they're elastic. They're comfortable. Those. Have you ever worn some of those? Those are some of the most comfortable shorts ever. I would totally do it. You've got to do like somewhat off-putting colors too like obviously you have a gray in your repertoire but you've got like a brown a maroon <laughs> like kind of a uh, uh um almost shiny maroon um it's a solid look jimmy johnson was probably one of the best at pulling off those orange bike shorts yes. with the socks pulled all the way pulled up to his yes <laughs> so good um all right so the question of the day was what is the most hated traditional thanksgiving dish in your opinion, obviously, we're going to have some different views here. I encourage you and the audience to be kind to each other because what you hate, someone else might love, uh, but you should still hate it because you got to stick to your guns. Uh, we've got green bean casserole. Yuck, says Vade. I like it. I like how strong you came in. My, my one daughter always says, Daddy, you have really strong opinions. Honey, you don't even know. <laughs> don't even know that. Uh, Andy says, canned cranberries. My wife makes great cranberry sauce. Uh, I, so, I, well, uh, side story on that. I agree. I've, I've always had homemade. Um, and I, I personally think it's better. And I've gone to a couple places where... You know, people use the canned, which the taste is not necessarily awful. Here's the problem is so many people, some, some of you, I'm talking to some of you, you serve it and it still looks like a can with the that, ribs on it. We need a fresh turkey, fresh and greens, all stuff. Put the cranberry in a, in a can, give it to me and just Shake let me, let me just see it still like that. I'm going to cut a slice off of it. And it makes no sense that it makes. That's like a noise that Stormy Daniels makes after like a five minute <laughs> rock. <God. laughs> Like that's just not. I'm just gonna leave now at this okay. point. It's <laughs> just not. But it's not good. It's not good. Hey, again, I don't think it tastes horrible. But just get a bag of cranberries, slap some sugar and some orange juice or some orange zest and water, and boil it on down. Boil yeah. it on down. Uh, all that to say, Andy, I agree with you. Uh, Barb says Jello, anything. Yeah. Anything. Gosh, Jello used to be such a thing. Now it's really J E L L O. It's a lie. Staying salty says Jello with that fluff or marshmallow in it. Um, <clears throat> is it uh, Jello with the fluff or the marshmallow? Is, is, what, what are they? What, there's a term for it. Um, ah, I can't remember the my, name. But. My great grandmother used to make that with ambrosia. Um, ambrosia, yes. <laughs> but she used to make it with no other fruit. It was just like whipped. It, she would whip it and put it into like a mold, so it looked like a cake, and it was. Delicious, actually. You like ambrosia? No, I, I've had ambrosia. I'm not a fan of that, but the, her jello cake was fantastic. Here's my thing. There's some foods during that time of year, not just Thanksgiving, but into Christmas and, and just the holidays in general. There's some of it that doesn't taste awful. It's but not looks. That it, but it's just the look and the vibe. <laughs> Presentation. It's like, 
can, we can do better than this. Right? What's the one at the the deli that's like gelatin, but you can get it sliced? Um, and it's got like all the olives and stuff. Liverwurst? In it. No. Um, I know what you're talking about. What is that called? Olive loaf. Olive. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, Dad used to love that. I used. To, yeah. Uh, anyways, let's keep let's yeah. keep going. Um, oyster soup says Carol. Yeah, that doesn't feel Thanksgiving to me either. Like, first of all, no. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really know. But I mean, I I love oysters on the half yeah. shell. You know, we we didn't once do that, by the way, from the studio and go to one of the plethora of places on the water on the boat and and get some. We need to do that. Uh, we can still do. We can still do that. And you know what? Oh no, they have to eat it on the cracker. I was gonna say that's even gluten free. You know, I'm no, you don't. You don't I'm sorry. I got to go back to what Disco said about the olive loaf because something has really been troubling me for like the last maybe forty years. <laughs> Why was the pimento inserted into the olive to begin with? I don't know. To spice it up? I don't know. Yeah. Ask the Spanish. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. I have no idea. And I, but I agree with you because here's what I do with it. I'll eat. The, I like a green olive. By the way, at Thanksgiving, if I'm coming to your place, when I get there, I would like a platter of, of a variety of olives uh, to snack on while you make me wait for the food. I want a cocktail and I want a little olive bar. Uh, and I do like that. And I had that growing up in my grandparents. So now now we do it. Even it's well, it's never just us, but we're always with our bigger Berkwitz crew. But I do like that. But I do like a Spanish olive, but most of the time I will go through the tedious process of taking a toothpick or some other fine object and pulling them out and throwing them in the trash only to replace them with something else. Because I do not like store-bought <coughs> blue cheese stuffed jalapenos, but I like blue cheese personally hand-stuffed jalapenos or, or uh, olives. green olives yes jalapenos stuffed into the olives also put i mean there's a you've got a big hole shove shit in there and it's going to taste great that's that's my policy in life kind of in general <laughs> tom's just there you go yeah <laughs> um, got a big hole shove something in there yep <laughs> nothing uh illegal about that nope, whatsoever not at all <laughs> cake fruit i, I was talking cake. about head cheese that stuff is disgusting, too. Head cheese. That's an awful name. Yeah. That's an awful name. Okay, let's get to our answers here. You guys can keep sending yours in. I'm still thinking about oyster soup. I don't... Oyster please n soup. never anyone serve me oyster soup. Again, I love raw oysters. I do not want oyster soup. Um, Tom, what is the most hated traditional Thanksgiving dish for you? Turkey. Whoa. It, it, well, okay. you know what? <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. But, but I think you're actually right. Here's the deal. It is the most average thing that's put out on the table. Yeah. It's great with with it's great when it's kind of if it's if it's more if it's dry, then yeah, forget it. Hire somebody. <laughs> but but it's 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 overrated. If you have a great gravy, it's great. It's good on a turkey sandwich left over. But you need but, something with it. But you need something with it. It's the least exciting like thing on the <laughs> ham. No, exactly. We do a ham every year. Yeah. And it's like, I'll have a little bit of turkey and then and a then lot, a of, lot ham. of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what else? We've just gone controversial a couple times and done a uh, a, a tenderloin. 
Ooh, but that sounds it, delicious. You, you want to yeah. really make your Thanksgiving guests happy? Be like, yes, we do have a little eight-pound turkey. But we have. And then here's a 20-pound tenderloin <laughs> with some mushroom sauce. Uh, what are you going to go with? And then you just kind of shove the turkey off onto the ground, and you let the dog eat it, and you eat the tenderloin. And people are like, oh, but that's traditional. I'll have a slice of that. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, okay. That's a great answer, Tom. It's, 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 you know, you know who else goes hard to the hoop on the turkey is my buddy, Jesse Kelly slams turkey. Just go follow it. If you don't already follow it, follow it now. Cause you're about to get a bunch of tweets. Mark my words regarding uh, turkey. Uh, turkey. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the turkey sandwich I get, cause I order turkey sandwiches, but I've never been to a restaurant and they had turkey on the menu and ordered turkey of you. No. No, no, it's boring. <laughs> Literally, I mean, if you can choose a, a slice of turkey or a chicken breast, you're going to choose a chicken breast. And you know what a chicken breast is? Boring. Does Ruth Chris have turkey on their menu? No. I want to go there so bad. By the way, <laughs> side point, side point. For, for the Red Beach, this is my show, Christmas dinner. I've got one suggestion in town that I'm thinking, but if we don't do that, then I think we should go to Ruth Chris. Okay. Um, or we could have a potluck supper. Each of us will bring in a covered dish. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'll make some good food if we do that. I mean, but yeah, no. Firefighter, by the way, I agree with Tom. I'd rather have ham. Yeah. Ham is so much better. The, the pig, we talked about it at church yesterday. The pig is a great gift mm. from God. There's so much amazing stuff going on in there. Bacon. There just is. Yeah, bacon, pork, ham, you name it. Ears. Ears, yeah. Not much on the tail, though. Not much on the tail. Not much on well, the Well, if you're an Arab, either. you might love that. For, for me, I've never understood the difference between bacon and then the back fat. Like, I feel like it's the exact same Well, you know thing. what? They're both delicious. They're both delicious. I, I'm nothing against them, but it's always like, why is this constituted as back fat and that one's bacon? The Bill. pork belly. Pork belly. Oh, so, so good. Burnt <laughs> ends. <sighs> Gosh, I'm um, starving. Is that is burnt ends pork or is that that's brisket? That's brisket. brisket. That's yeah. right. That's still right. still so good. Delicious. <laughs> um, okay, Disco, what are you going with? I'm going with, and, and this uh, this uh, we'll see who people the people might hate me, but I am not a fan. Sorry, wrong input of yams. Makes no sense to me. What kind of yams? Like is where that, it's like the sweet potatoes and then the marshmallows on top. I don't, fucking hate it. I can't. I, 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 I've been to places like, do you want any yams? Like, no, I'm not ready for dessert yet. Oh, this isn't dessert. Why is it out? Like, it's sweet. I don't no. I'm not even a fan of, like, regular sweet potatoes. My wife has been helping me get onto that. But now you're adding marshmallows, and then you're going to toast them? Like, brown I don't. Sugar. I can't. Yeah, I don't, cinnamon. Like, <laughs> and, I, and I love brown sugar, and I love cinnamon, and I like marshmallows. That's fine. But all that together, I don't. I can't do it. No, I agree. And I look, I do like sweet potatoes. If I just have sweet potato, but I only want butter and salt. Yeah. Um, I, I actually am going to kind of go off of both your answers i like turkey i want turkey there because i but i really just want the turkey sandwich on marble or the next, uh, the next day bread later yeah. well no not the if i'm being honest it's later that <laughs> yeah it's hours later when i'm groaning to my wife about how miserable i am and she's like where are you going <laughs> to get a turkey sandwich, sandwich. <laughs> um but it's got to be that for me. It's the sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows. I've never understood it. I've never understood the people who do it. Some of you do it, and I love you, but I don't. I don't get it. I just don't like it. 
I don't, I don't, I don't like anything about it. And it, as I talk about it, I'm, I can feel myself yeah. getting <laughs> your blood pressure. <laughs> and my second place is green bean casserole because I hate people who just take it out of the can, pop it in, and they don't, they don't season, they don't do anything extra with it. It's just like here's the, the mushroom, the, you know, the cream of mushroom, and, and you're done. It's just so bland. T- t- I don't even. If people have it and I've never had it before, I, w- I won't even try it. It does not go on my plate. Sorry. Well, I, I can tell you one thing as we're talking. By the way, if you're coming in for the first time ever, we don't just always talk about food, but it does that. We do get onto a tangent. But we're at this amazing time of year where, I mean, I think we can all agree on this. We probably had some different answers for our most hated dish at Thanksgiving. But this time of year, the food that's about to happen, the explosions of flavor in your mouth, the mouth party, as Tom would say, that's going mm. to occur time and time again. It is amazing. I can't, I'm going to try and put on at least 30, 40 pounds this season. I'm excited. Because for my family, we bring out all like the Polish dishes and stuff. I'm just super excited. Like, I want some pierogies right now. Yeah. So excited. How excited are you for the Black Friday game? Game? Yeah. Yeah, that's NFL. right. There's a Black Friday game. Well, I th- I'm, what? Yeah. Yeah. We've got the Thanksgiving game, of course, Detroit, which actually they're pretty good this year. But this is the first time we're having a Black Friday game. Find out who's playing. I'm I do doing it right like now. That Miami Dolphins are playing. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, Dolphins and Jets. Yeah. I'll take it because here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to roll over that morning. <laughs> the kids are going to be like, Daddy, Daddy, get up. <laughs> I'm going to growl. I'm going to look over. There's going to be a glass of like half drank bourbon on the the, the, the the bedside table. I'm going to be like, I'm an awful person. And then I'm going to eventually get up and I'm going to want a snack. And to be able to have a snack. And, and it's ball, a 3 p.m. game. Okay, I'll be up before that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that bad of a person. <laughs> I'll be up long before that. But that's but that's amazing. That's actually smart. Like no one does. Because here's the deal. We're, we're not going to be. Well, we're never on Fridays, but. It's going to be an off-production day. Most people don't do anything. By the way, kids shouldn't have to go to school the day after Halloween. I say that every year, and I mean it. That's bullshit. But you're, you're, the day after Thanksgiving, everyone is miserable. Yeah. Are they already We're sitting so home? Cold. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't eaten to the point of misery, you haven't done Thanksgiving. So I think that's great. we got to have stuff to, to watch that day. Um, that's, that's actually, I think that's clever. What do you think? I I think it's great. Yeah. I, it's a, you know, everybody does the shop. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people like to do the shopping where they go out and spend the night at Walmart and bring their tents or whatever, which I always thought was kind of weird. That's crazy. <laughs> and then they, then they open the doors and they bum rush the doors and people are fucking each other up or get, you know, an Xbox or whatever it is, you know, flat screen TV, which, you know, those videos are great, but... Excuse me. It's, it says a lot about where we are as a society. It does. I have no interest. On, I haven't been shopping on a Black Friday. Well, part here's the thing. Part of the thing is, is is shopping malls in general are dead and a thing of the past. You've got the open-air ones. We've got the town center here in Jacksonville. It's nice. It's got every shop you could ever dream of. But I don't want to go deal with those crowds. And now you factor in 2023, and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go deal with some unruly housewives and also Hamas terrorists and Hezbollah. No, thank you. Uh, I'm just going to stay home. Well, what if there's an Orange Julius involved? Well, Orange Julius is a is a <laughs> is a treasure of the past. Uh, with they made it so creamy, it's it was so delicious. Uh, by the way, Barb says um, 
but she does ham for Thanksgiving and then lasagna for Christmas. Can we just get ahead for one second? I know people are wanting to talk about Israel, and we're going to, <laughs> but like, let's just be real. <laughs> the world is on fire. Let's talk about something positive for one second, okay. which is food. So what's your, what do you do on, on Christmas Eve and or Christmas, Tom? We're going to do this again as a question of the day at some point, but what do you do? Food wise, or yeah. where am I? Where well, yeah, food wise, food wise. It really depends. It, it depends on what time we're going to uh, to church, what we have planned. Usually, we we have Christmas Eve and Christmas always at my mother's house since my uh, since my divorce. So it's my wife, my ex wife, her boyfriend, the kids, and then my sister who lives in the same town as, as my mom. We all come over for Christmas Eve, and we usually have a ham that uh, my mom's um, lawn guy brings over. He brings her a ham every year and has brought her a ham. My fucking lawn guy has <laughs> never brought me a ham. Step up your game. Yeah. yeah. He, he was brings- treating the grass this morning when I was there like, no ham. He, he brings the Christmas ham every year and has been doing it to, ever since I can remember. Wow. I, I, maybe, you know, I, my first recollection of it was maybe 12, 13 years old. So, wow. It's been at least 40 years since, since he's been doing that. So, we'll have the ham. Christmas Day is always the same. My mom makes an egg casserole the night before, and we have egg casserole after we open up the presents. What about dinner? Dinner, a Christmas night? Yeah. We don't have one. Okay. Could you just imagine that guy on his deathbed son? Need to bring a ham to the Cunninghams <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> it needs to be done. But you know what's funny about that is the fact that you know, before... Uh, you, know, you know what? Actually, the yard guy came in after I stopped moving, mowing the lawn. So I'm getting my times messed up because I mowed the lawn up until I graduated high school. So it's been 20-some years. Yeah, I was 20 once he started doing it. Anyways, my grandmother, who died in 1999, she had the same lawn guy for, I think, almost 70 years because she died when she was 95. And the long guy that she had, my grand, my grandmother was a teacher in Flint, Michigan, and had him in school when he was in the second grade. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, yes, it's a long tradition, the Cunningham, Manley, O'Keefe families that we have, you know, the, the long guy becomes part of the family. I love it. I love it, too. Yeah. Okay. Real quick. Uh, usually it's a ham at Christmas, and then there's pierogies, sausages, and sauerkraut, which I'm not a fan of, but everyone else in my family loves it. Um, uh, I had it for I had it for lunch today. Yeah. Um, and then it's uh, I said pierogies already, right? Yeah. And yeah. then it's like then we just always have like hors d'oeuvres, like pigs in a blanket, and my dad makes some good dips like salsa and guacamole and stuff like that, and so mm-hmm. stuffing, mashed potatoes, stuff like that. Okay. So you go stuffing again? Yeah. Oh yeah. We have a we have a, a family recipe that's been passed down for generations. Uh, on my mom's side, someone had a restaurant, and the stuffing was in the restaurant. It is delicious. <clears throat> and so every holiday, every family get together. Someone's like, "Can we have the stuffing?" And someone we always make it. It's so good. 
Okay. Uncle Ram's stuffing. It's fantastic. <laughs> you know what I want you to do for your daughters is get a, a, a quail and shove it inside the turkey and say, hey, you know, one of them, can you, you pull out the, help your mom pull out the innards and then have them pull out the quail and go, oh my God, the turkey was pregnant. <laughs> and see their reaction. It'll be priceless. <laughs> I, I mean, I probably won't do it. Um, hey girls, Uncle Tom's here to show you something. <laughs> and you're like, no! <laughs> I mean, I'll do it. I don't want them to experience. I'll pull it out and make it super dramatic. What would be even better is a live bird. <laughs> Let it fly away. Fly away, little one. Uh, Merry Christmas. It'll be a Thanksgiving to remember. <laughs> Oh man. Um, <clears throat> okay. Well, yeah. I, so I like some. I like some. Um, we have heavy hors d'oeuvres Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I like some uh, kind of Christmas fettuccine. It's more of a carbonara that I make Ooh. on that night. My wife and I watch The Holiday, which is adorable. And if you think that I'm gay for watching a rom com, then fuck you. But uh, it's a good movie. I don't really mean that. Um, but it's a it's a good movie, and there's a connection to us. So we watch that once the kids go to bed, and then. And then usually it's a, uh, a big feast at my mom's house on Christmas Day. Uh, but the meal changes. There's really no tradition anymore. Tom, Tom started a new tradition in my family a few years back. He bought, a, he bought me a, a bottle of TX whiskey. Oh, yeah. And Very good stuff. So now you just drink it. So, no, so I brought it home that <laughs> night. And I was like, hey, it's the night before Christmas. And we, you know, had to wrap all our presents up and stuff for the family the next day. Well, I stayed up the whole night and I drank the whole bottle with my wife while wrapping. While wrapping, and so now that and is throw up. It is like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, it's a tradition now. It's I'll come home and my wife's like, "You got the TX?" I'm like, "Yes." And then we, this is what we do now. So thank you, Tom, for that. You started Stop a tra- all that tearing <laughs> and all that laughing and all that happy. Well, it's the, there was one Christmas where she's like, "I'm going to stay up or I'm going to help you wrap and build stuff." It was like. 20 minutes in, she's passed out, and I'm like, well, I still got a lot of, because we had, it was when we first moved to Santa Fe, everyone sent their gifts in, but they weren't wrapped, so I had to stay up and wrap every present. <laughs> I was like, thank you for my good old buddy, TX Whiskey. <laughs> Just... The TX is good. It's kind of, yeah. it, there's almost like a creaminess to it. Yeah. Or is that the white one? Well, the white one's a blend. I'm not a fan of one, but the straight bourbon is delicious. Good. So okay. good. Thank you, Tom, for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Glad it's a tradition now oh, in the yeah. family. Yeah. And, and, and my girls will know that Sir Tom, Sir Tom Cunningham is the one who started. Sir Tom Cunningham, <laughs> I've been knighted. Uh, let's um, let's go overseas disco. Let's prep our um, our world news bump, and let's get into some disastrous news from across the pond. So we're gonna. I'm gonna switch this up, Disco. We're gonna go with the one of him speaking first. Um, yeah, that one there, uh, because like a little piglet, charging to his mother's pink teat to suckle. Chief Nasrallah of Hezbollah 
addressed his Jew-hating followers at a jihadist pep rally over the weekend. Let's take a listen to some of the highlights from the religion of tolerance. All right, so in the notes you said to mute it, so we're not muting it? No, let's play it. Let's okay. just play it. Let's listen to this Arab angry man speak. Here we go. Lebanon, throughout history, have you seen any, at any point of time, the Israelis capable of releasing their captives without negotiations? Never. What happened in Lebanon 2006? They declared as the goal is to annihilate, to wipe out Hezbollah. They were backed by the United States and the whole West, including Arab states. The goal at that time was to wipe out Hezbollah from Lebanon and to bring home the two Israeli captives. The war extended for 33 days. Neither Hezbollah was wiped out, nor their two captives released without negotiations. The same thing is taking place today in Gaza, yet with a difference, and the difference is the massive pogrom, the massive amount of destructions and killing. In July war, 1,150 houses leveled, thousands of fallen martyrs. Yet, the resistance fighters at all fronts, backed by the Lebanese people, stood their ground. The enemy, step by step, gave up on his goals. What's taking place in Gaza Strip today proves the stupidity and impotency of the Israelis. They are wreaking killing among civilian Palestinians in Gaza. Most of those killed are women and children. The majority of the victims are civilians. Churches, mosques, school buildings, even hospitals are not spared. Everything is legitimized. Entire neighborhoods are wiped out. School buildings, places of worship, and the whole world is standing by watching. Does this require an invincible army? For a whole month, the Israelis failed to produce a single military achievement. And when they started the ground operation, the same scenario of July war in Lebanon, the random shelling, displacement of citizens, and the killing and the falling of thousands of martyrs could not bring the resistance to their knees. Then, at that time, the Israelis started their ground operation, and to them, our fighters stood up to them, and the whole battle was followed by the whole world. The same thing is repeated in Gaza. 
the Israelis are trying to launch a ground operation in order to sell to the whole world that they are launching a large-scale ground operation. I love the fact that all those people showed up for him to Skype in to that. <laughs> That yes. event, yes, <laughs> massive event. We'll show you the, the the crowd in a second. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just telecommute to this one. Um, but uh, as as uh, salty, who is this mushroom head? There is a sim uh, similarity to a character from from the Mario Brothers games from the 80s for sure. Um, but that is Nasrallah, who is the head of the chief of Hezbollah. An Iranian-backed terrorist group who operates out of Lebanon, who's been around for a long, long time. Uh, but let's translate some of Satan's speech there, because he 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 he, he talked about a lot. And I'm going to kind of shoot all over the place here. We're just going to hit points. And, and if you spoke or you do speak Arabic, then kudos to you. I used to, and I don't know a damn hardly any of it anymore. But um, we should get you up on that. Yeah, I know. I, I you know, it's just a time, sit you down with Shafi and let you just. Shafi really... doesn't speak Arabic. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, what do you mean he don't speak Mexican, bro? <laughs> <laughs> so he says that we mourn the martyrs of the El Qasim brigades, the Islamic resistance, the El Quds brigades, and the civilian martyrs in Lebanon. The Battle of Al-Aqsa flood has become extended on, on more than one front and in more than one arena. Al-Aqsa, of course, one of the, the mosques and the, the key points of contention there in the region. Resources are already committed to multiple fronts and various conflicts. The Battle of Al-Aqsa flood is fully legitimate, says Hezbollah, both humanly and morally. If we want to search for a battle with complete legitimacy, there is no battle like the fight with the Zionists. If we look for a war from the moral, religious, and humanitarian level, this is not something we have or see against the Zionist regime. This is the only war that deserves to be fought. We will—again, just these are just some statements from the speech—we will not find a battle as fully legitimate from a humanitarian, moral, and religious standpoint as the battle of fighting the Zionists. Again, all very escalatory in nature. Our real strength is in the belief—our uh, real strength in this belief— is this resistance and this religion and all the commitment we have to this cause from our population. The battle with the Zionists is beyond doubt on both the moral and the legal levels. Not so sure about the latter part there. We see how people get out of rubbles and clearly showing their commitment to the resistance. And this is our greatest strength. And then he said, all hail to the legendary people of Gaza for their steadfastness and struggle. Greetings to the legendary people that have no equal in the world to the people of Gaza and to the people of Gaza, you know, repeating himself. But again, he's a dumb Arab terrorist. So, I mean, you got a grain of salt here. And then today I will focus on what happened to explain it and tell about our responsibilities in Hezbollah. So he also talks about, uh, he referred to U.S. deployments in the region saying, quote, your fleets in the Mediterranean will not scare us, uh, that Hezbollah is prepared for all options. Uh, that his powerful militia is engaged in unprecedented cross-border fighting with Israel, and, and, and he threatened escalation, although not he did not commit, which a lot of people thought he would, to outright join the war um, or declare war, but kind of ip, ipso facto still did without doing it. Um, <clears throat> and then he said that fighting on the Lebanon-Israel border would not be limited to the scale seen until now. So— 
not declaring war, but also we're going to ramp things up, and this is a just cause, and we want to annihilate you, Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad. Um, I'm a terrorist. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's... That's basically what he's saying. And, you know, we've been hearing this for, for what, 70 years now? Yeah. It, 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 it's the same rhetoric over and over again. And then you see all these dipshits who are out protesting and saying, oh, there needs to be a two-state solution. There could never be one. They won't allow it. Listen to this guy. <laughs> he, he's, he, he's letting you know that this will never happen. The, the Palestinians and the rest of the, the uh, Muslim countries in that neck of the woods do not want Israel to exist. That's the bottom line. And so I, I don't know. I don't know how you proceed if you're Netanyahu or the rest of the Israelis that, that are living in Israel right now. You're, you're, you're pushed into a corner. So you either fight your way out of it and try and crush Hamas and then also be prepared to take on Hezbollah at the same time. And then all these other little factions that are going to pop up, you know, whether it be the Jordanian border or wherever that you're going to have to fight as well. This is this just seems like it's going to escalate to the point where Israel is going to start doing some serious damage to a lot of places that are going to suffer a lot of casualties. There, this is going to get so freaking nasty. It just is. There's no two ways. I know our we got we're going to talk Blinken here in a little bit, and State Department and White House and and all these people calling. This is going to get and and people keep making these comparisons too to the six day and to the this war and to that war and to the stop it, you guys. This is not a six-day war. This is first of all, it's not. I mean, we're <laughs> yeah. in the end of the twenties already. This this is this is at least regionally speaking, an apocalyptic war. There's going to be so much. There already has been to an extent, not not to the extent that it will be, but a decent amount so far. But there's going to be there's going to be so much carnage here. And you see me like Drew seems like he's smiling and happy. No, I'm just I'm having fun. We have a good time around this the show here. But I'm, I'm dead serious that this is going to be nasty. You've already seen Think about it. Think of the images that you've seen come from this war already. Think of from a civilian perspective. I'm fucked up. I have so many issues. There's not enough therapists in the world. But think about from the normal standpoint. Disco, you're a pretty normal person. Sure. Okay? I mean, you've got your <laughs> stuff, right? But, like, you've seen, and you don't probably look at it as much as I do, you've seen a lot of death and car. If you go on Twitter right now, you see dead bodies everywhere. You see rape and this, that, and the other. You see it all. You, 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 I haven't really seen rape. I haven't Twitter. seen rape yet either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, but it's I don't not. know what Twitter pages you're yeah. following. Yeah. <laughs> that was the wrong site. I'm talking about the wrong site. Um, but you, you get my point. You see dead bodies. You see people, you know, lying dead in the streets, blown up. You see dogs being shot. I'm still so freaking pissed off about that video. But you see all of that stuff. You see point being. You see war in somewhat real color that humans in normal world haven't seen before. And it's just it's just a glimpse of it. And still it's shocking. And, and this thing just got kicked off. It's it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because the stakes are so big in this man. They're so big. 
You're talking about the existence of Israel. And some of you are saying, yeah, I hope they go away. Okay, I get it. I disagree with you, but you're talking about eliminating completely the country of Israel and its people. The people of Israel are talking about keeping their country and eliminating the threats who want to. I mean, this is I know I'm I'm I sound like Kamala Harris talking about it. So there's this situation in the Middle East, <laughs> uh, like, but that but those those are pretty big stakes when you're talking about other folks wanting to annihilate and eliminate a country not off the map but from existence, and they started that on October seventh with that vicious attack, and then you hear them. You talk about Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and all these folks who 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 keep saying that's just the beginning. Well, shit, if that's—we know that, but if that's just the beginning, this thing isn't going anywhere anytime soon. That's the point. It's going to get worse, and uh, it, it's it's just pretty straight-up nasty. All right, yeah. moving on. I, th- I thought there would be a comment after that. Okay, moving on. Uh, well, you, you, you asked me a question. You, like, started to ask me I a did, question. I did, and then I kind of just answered it for you. But, I mean, it's, I mean, right? I mean, this is— Well, it, well it's—and it's also hard, too, when you look at, you know, what's going on. And like you're saying, there's people who are like, oh, I'm for Palestine and this is what I want to do. Cool. So you're like we showed the clip the other day where the guy's like, oh, so this is what you're for when it asked to sign the petition. Like, oh, no. Once they realize what's going on and what the truth is, like, well, I'm not for that. But the problem is, is the media is not showing that. Right. Only people like us are talking about that stuff. But we get suppressed all over the place. And so when you really sit down, I have... I have friends who are from Palestine, and they're like, hey, I don't want Palestinians to die, but I don't necessarily agree with what Hamas is doing, what these people are doing, what these extremists are doing. But I don't want, I don't want Palestinians to die. Well, okay, I, that's great. But, you also, but you're for Palestine, and right now, these people want to kill all the Jews. They want to eradicate them and the country. They want to get rid of them all. Well, that's not what they want. Yes, it's yeah, what they want. You need to you need to do your research. You were, I mean, if I'm just being fair and honest. You were born in the wrong country. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is, and so it, it's and 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 that sounds mean and and heartless, uh, and I don't care. But but you, like this is just not going to go well. It's it's not going to go well for one side or the other. No, but I, but I think it's and and it's hard. Like you're saying, we're seeing more images and videos of war, people getting shot. I mean, that that one where that woman was in the back of the truck and like her leg was broken and all that stuff. Like it's Both just of her legs. Are yeah, broken. it's just was in, like you're sitting there going, man, what's going on? And then you have the people who are like, oh, I'm all for it. And you're like, man, is there something that my parents are right about? And like, oh, the video games are really going to desensitize you from all these things. It's, but you're sitting there going, man, like, this is awful. But they're just, they're blind to it. They don't see it. They have these blinders up where they can't see the the horrific things that are going on in this world. And Let the propaganda game is being played on each side. Each side, too. yeah. You know, I those images, you know, from the, the that we saw of the initial attack and everything, I have no reason to believe that those are fabricated. You know, yeah, it, I agree. I don't, I don't. In this case, I agree. But keep right. going. Yeah, it, it, there are other images that I've, I've seen on X where you know you have these massive like you know rows and rows of supposed dead Palestinians, and you see one dude open his eyes. So or move. Yeah, yeah, like those body bags that were moving. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that going on. There's there's also AI images going going you know being bandied about. Uh, social media so I, I would just caution everybody to like just especially 
us here in the States, just take a step back, man. And I look at all these dorks and who are out, you know, these pro Hamas enthusiasts, these, you know, the whites, the uh, LGBTQs, all of them out there who are just like very black and white. It's Israel's fault. It's the Jews' fault. To hell with them. We're pro Hamas. It's like, man, you have no idea of the deal that you're making right now because they hate you. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. I saw this. I I don't know where it was from. I can't even. I, I, I can't even perfectly articulate it and we can't I don't think we can show it because I don't know where it's from so I'm not going to show it because you know we do try and stay somewhat in the good graces of some of the legacy social media for right now just because it's helpful to what we're trying to do the message we're trying to get out rumbles our main platform 100% but we we still go to other places we try and keep it but there was this skit all that to say there was this skit um, it looked like an SNL skit. It might have been an SNL. It was Israeli TV. It was great. Was it Israeli TV? Yes. Oh, my God. It, it was, was a sketch comedy show from Israel. That was freaking amazing. That's how <laughs> SNL used to be in America. And it was so damn good. The two, the two, you know, blue and green haired or pink haired. Yeah, they were Columbia University students, and yes. they're interviewing a Hamas guy. He's like, "Look, I want to kill you." And they're like, <laughs> "Oh, isn't that great? Oh, well, you know what? We're for you." He's like, "No, you don't understand. I want to take you to a building and throw you off and kill you." They're like, "Yes, he wants to throw us a roof party. That's amazing." Yeah. Oh, I got a good I got a good chuckle out of it. It's it's good. Um we need to we need to at least share the link, I guess. We could yeah, we we'll figure it. it out. But yeah. Tom was talking about like the AI stuff that's come out. Yeah. I'm gonna show a picture real quick, cut back to us, and I'm gonna zoom in. But this is the picture that's been going around. Right. I posted yeah, this is one that I retweeted when I saw it. And and I think you said like <laughs> it looks absolutely heartbreaking when you when you look at it. You're like, oh my god, his mother is dead. That poor child. And then you look closely at. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a second. Is yeah. It, do Palestinian kids have six fingers? They do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like we're getting played. Yeah, and it's more images like that keep coming out. And, and then like once you posted that, because I, I saw I saw it when you posted, I started looking at other pictures, and it's like if you know where AI. They mess up certain things, or there's like a third arm. You don't really see it. Whatever it is, you start going through some of these images. You're going, wait a second. A lot of these are AI doctored photos, but they're pushing it out like it's real stuff. AI, draw a picture of my midsection thing. <laughs> yes. And so, and so, it's. I'm, I'm glad you brought that because I saw that today. I was like, oh, no, we need it, to bring well, that and in. And here's the here's the thing too. I mean, you you've got you uh, Twitter, who's long been a disaster, and most social media platforms have been a disaster in the past. Obviously not perfect. Obviously, there's some leadership issues there now, and I'm not trying to slam Elon, who's done <clears throat> arguably some good things, uh, and the platform's better than it used to be, for sure. But uh, there, there's still issues there. But <clears throat> that said, then going back into the positive bin for a second, the community notes have been great. What are you? What did, what did I do? <laughs> I'm seeing an image that's making me laugh, and okay. I'm probably going to hell for it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll show you later. Okay, perfect. Uh, I, just, I thought I thought that he was like, it was nothing you did okay. at all. I thought it was something I did. <laughs> no. I was like, okay, I don't know what I said. I usually I do say something, but but Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, I can't tell what it is. It's a tennis player. <laughs> just go. Twitter, Twitter 
we'll put these community notes on now, and they do. They'll fact-check the president. They'll fact-check the White House and all this. And they've done this a lot with these images. People have these outraged photos like, oh, we need a two-state solution, or, oh, we need to support Palestine or Hamas or whatever, which is still— I, I'm against it, but I still will at least hear out people who will say, you know, pro-Palestinian thoughts. But the ones who literally say pro-Hamas, like, you're outwardly and openly saying you support a known terrorist organization. You know that, right? There's some bleed over and there's some nuance to the conversation with the Palestine aspect of it. But the ones who are, like, holding up Hamas flags, which you don't see as much. Most of it's Palestine. But anyways, point being— Twitter has fact-checked some of these, and they've said that, like, uh, did you notice this person has a third arm or eight fingers or six fingers? Or this person has X, Y, and Z. You need to notice that. Most of you guys don't, and you shouldn't. I, I, I encourage you not to get into the whole AI world. We've dabbled with it because we work in digital media. So it's like, hey, what are we, you know, what are some benefits that could be good? And you start to dabble and you're like, make a picture of this. And you're like, and it's you can see it thinking and be about to produce it. And then it produces and you're like, that is awful. It's scary. <laughs> that is not how humans look. <laughs> yeah. That is not how a football field looks. That's not how a boat looks. Like, why does it have wings? Like, I mean, it's just some of it's so bad. But the, some of these people put these images out and they don't think about it at all. They're like, this is great. It's the best thing ever. No, the human that that human has thirteen fingers. As you say, there was that one time we were, we were trying to get some politician to be like pointing, and they came out with like four, like four hands and all pointing. It was we were like ah, like it's just it was not what we wanted at all. Obviously, there was fingers coming out of his face. I'll it be looks the first so to scary. tell you, like it is there on some levels, and I'm concerned about it, and I think it's a massive issue for our country and the future of our country and the future of humanity. Frankly, AI that is. But a lot of the stuff we test with, the stuff we've tested with, not military grade and like the next level, which is where you should be concerned, it's not there, folks. <laughs> I mean, you see some of these images and you're like, I think this is going to be great. It's going to make our life easier. It's going to make our workflow better. Oh! <laughs> and then you're terrified by what it it puts out. And I know we weren't going like on an AI, but I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend. I think I'm more afraid of not just AI, but the people like how... Kamala Harris is like, oh, we have to have AI equity. You know, like the people who are going to be in charge. Of that. That's the code. That's the scary part. Yeah, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Elon Musk, and they talked about that exact thing. The the code writers who are writing the code for EI for EI EI for AI <laughs> equity intelligence intelligence yeah. yeah for AI and their political disposition and how that is affecting the outcome of AI and and Elon thinks it's going to be a huge problem as well as Joe Rogan. I think we all do because we've talked about it before. If they keep going down the road of climate change being the biggest existential threat on the planet and it's caused by humans, what is AI going to suggest it do to reduce the carbon input? Get rid of humans. Get rid of humans, yeah. That, that's the logical—that's the end game for all of this. If you don't have any kind of, you know, ethicists who are going through the code, that if you can't be honest with all the information that's out on the web and condense it into AI the way it should be, then 
it's just it's a recipe for disaster if you're going to say okay the ai that we're coming up with is truly unbiased because we're using all the information that's just being put it in put in by coders and there's no spin whatsoever you can't have that as long as human beings have their dirty mitts and what's going on it will be skewed one way or one way or another yeah no i mean period by the way, did, did anyone see the creator when it was out in theaters? I know we don't have time around here. The creator. It's it was the movie about AI. Oh no, I haven't no. seen it. No, no, no. I, no. I really wanted to, and I didn't yet. But Company trip. Uh, <laughs> Field trip. Well, now it's out of the theaters. I think. Oh. Uh, we first started talking about AI, and I was like, Drew, okay, just hear me out on this. What if we establish a business where we can take videos and images of people's deceased relatives and make them come to life and you know have them do like a birthday greeting and you're like no nope <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> but you know that's gonna happen right There's oh some- my gosh they, they already have apps that can make your photos dance and sing and do all that stuff which people have been doing with lost loved ones and stuff you know so they can like see them alive again but, but it's 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 going to get to the point where, you know, like I could have a conversation with my deceased father if I wanted the way AI is progressing. Wow. Here's here's my thing, though. Like, you like a side point. We're talking the war in Israel and Hamas and all that. But but if and we'll get back to that, if I, I'm of the mindset, I get it. I, and I'm a really you doesn't come through on the show much, probably. But I'm a very sentimental guy. I'm a big mush pot at home. You know, I'm very willing to do awful things over here. But then when I come back here, I'm going to I'm going to sit down and watch a cartoon with my kids. I'm going to cry with my kid. I'm going to do all sorts of stuff with my kids. If you're if you're that person and you're leaning into AI and you're saying, I want to experience this this memory again with whoever I won't even I won't even paint the specific picture of who it is, because that just seems awful. But you want to live and 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 it's you know, it's not real. Yeah. So like. I get it. You want that person back. You want to have experience with that person. Maybe they were taken way, 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 way too soon. And you want to experience that. Hey, draw us a picture or do a fake, you know, exchange of us going to a baseball game and having a, a ice cream out of a batting, you know, helmet cup, like whatever. It's not real. It's not real. No. Like the reality is, is that loved one is not here and that sucks and that's really awful and I hate it for you and I, I hate it for everyone but but I don't understand who's like it's it's like the the what was that movie her right with Joaquin Phoenix and and Scarlett Johansson and godly your voice what who who gave you that I know who gave you that but but God did yeah God yeah. did it was yeah. definitely God it was yeah. a God thing but um <clears throat> but these people who you get so wrapped around to that and you get in the, and you see the the Asian man who's married to a it's like oh gosh <laughs> now you know you i know you can get away with whatever you want and you don't have to do chores and you don't have to do this and you have to do that and all that stuff but you know it's not real right right i just don't understand that that there, there's a there's a very clear line that is that is drawn and is out there and yet some people are so willing to abandon reality for it and I know why they do. I, I totally yeah. get why they do, but but it's it's not the same. No, it's not. I, as much as I would love to have our firstborn daughter back, 
Uh, there's no. Uh, it would. It would tear my heart to see something like that because be, I'd miss her even more. And right. I'm not. And I can't, it puts you in I, the situation. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do it. And so it's. It, I, I miss her. I want her back, but I'm not going to do that. It's just going to make me even feel worse afterwards. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, it, it's not real. It's not real. AI's the no. devil. <laughs> so is Brock. And Obama so are the people and... who are making the AI. Well, that, I mean, one of the reasons why on my Instagram, I put whenever I take a photo, I usually turn it black and white. And there's a reason why I do that one because it you, you turn anything black and white, you can always call it art, no matter how strange the photo is. But mainly the reason why I do all photos in black and white because I believe memory should, for me should be in, in black and white because. It forces the person who's looking at the photograph to use their mind for a visual, to visualize the colors that's going on in that photograph. And to me, photographs are, you know, they're, they're snapshots of a portion in time. And for me, that portion in time should be only captured in black and white because then that forces you to remember exactly what, what went on in that picture instead of just having it right there for you. And I think the same can be said for AI. To me, the memory is more important than having an updated conversation with somebody that you know was a part of your life that no longer is with you. Yeah, I agree. Bar Barb says, I have dreams where I'm with my loved ones. It's nice to have these occasional visits. Rocks me to the core. Um, yeah. I feel like we went really deep. Yeah, we did. We were talking war in Israel, and all of a sudden... Yeah, we got with the, the AI boy with the six fingers. Yeah. Kind of like... Got <laughs> us off course. Um, okay, so there's. let's get back on track for a second. Some great conversation there. AI is awful. Uh, soup's not a meal. And don't do baked potato or sweet potatoes with marshmallows. Yams, yeah. Um, at Thanksgiving. But... Um, <clears throat> So we've, we've had these attacks going back overseas. We've had these attacks happening overseas on U.S. installations in Iraq, in Syria. And, I, and I, there were a couple of parts that I was going to get into that we're going to speed ahead on. But there's, I, I've read some articles out there, and you've probably seen them. Like, it makes sense that they would do this in Iraq, but why Syria? Like, well, it, you guys have got to understand, there's a lot of places where we have a presence that you don't hear about or know. Like, that's just still how it works. It's not as much as it used to be in this day and age of everyone's demanding, you know, we deserve to know national security secrets. Um, but you see that happening. You see that happening, and there's there's been attacks. There's been an increase in attacks on U.S. personnel and installations in the Middle East by Iranian-backed militias. This is—and and as I've said before, this is not new. They have done it. There's been—the key word here is increase— Increase. We, there's kind of been a pass on it, but now that you see Iran going hard to the hoop on Israel because they're very much a part of this whole thing, there's there's conversation happening there. And you, here's a headline um, from the weekend: Escalating militia attacks on U.S. troops risk Washington-Tehran confrontation. And and this is a concern, right? Because you look at the war hawks, you look at all the neocons that are there. In, in Washington, and you see Iran, and you, and you know Iran as the largest state sponsor of terror in the world, and you see what they're doing, what they have done, who they are. Just if you even, if you don't have to understand much about Iran to understand that they're not good. And I'm talking about the government and their leadership, not the people of Iran, uh, but, their, but their government. And, and you see this, 
And then you see the likes of Lindsey Graham and Nikki Haley and some of these folks who are like, well, we just don't have a choice. Like, we're close to the point where we're just going to have to bomb the shit out of Iran and, and, and do this for the sake of the region. Like, is that what you're saying? Is that really what you mean? Because it's, it's not. It's we need to pad the pockets of the military industrial complex. We need to help our friends out in the defense contracting industry. We need to do X what you could carry it on and on and on and on. But you see these things happening and it should concern you. That headline is not wrong. This this escalation has a high ish degree of probability of leading to something between us and Iran, which is not what we want. Again, in a, in a state-to-state conflict, who wins? We do 10 times out of 10. But it's not that complicated. Or it's not, excuse me, it's not that easy. Speaking of escalating, I've got some breaking news here. A pro-Palestinian oh, protester has been arrested after killing a 65-year-old Jewish man by hitting him over the head with a megaphone during a verbal altercation in Thousand Oaks, California. The man suffered a brain hemorrhage, hemorrhage as, in the res, uh, as a result and succumbed to his injuries. Jeez. So you talk about escalations. It's, it's escalating right here. It is. I mean, you're going to crown a 65-year-old man with a megaphone? It'll be interesting to see, because now that Kamala is in charge of Islamophobia in the United States due to the attack by Hamas on Israel, how that—how they were able to, to weave that one is amazing. And they, they bring up that kid, the Palestinian kid that was killed outside of Chicago, which— the guy who shot the kid needs to go to prison for the rest of his life, just like this dude who killed this 65-year-old man needs to go to prison for the rest of his life. Period. And you, you could say this is, you know, an anti-Semitic crime. You know, I, I mean, now, this is one of the issues that I think you is inherent with hate crimes, because now you have somebody who's a, you know, we don't know the race, uh, the, the pro Hamas enthusiast, but we do know that, you know, this man being Jewish is a protected class. So this this whole thing drives me crazy. You know, this whole, you know, who who is more oppressed? Both of them are murder. Right. That's the bottom line. Murder, murder this little murder. boy in Chicago and this elderly man in Thousand Oaks. It's it's murder. It doesn't matter what their race is. No. Not, not whatsoever. But we, but that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing about everything in this country today and every issue we talk about is we overcomplicate it. Well, what about this? What about that? What about this? How do they feel on this? What do they put? Some of that does matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but usually there's an overarching issue or an overarching topic or theme that just is, is, is what it is. Where are we over? And, and the question should be, are we overcomplicating this? Yes. Should, should someone who's mad at a pro-Hamas or pro-Palestine uh, protester who's dumb and supporting the wrong side, no doubt, go out and just murder them in cold blood? No. Should, should, should the opposite side go and murder, you know, bludgeon someone to death with a mega? No. Let's, can we agree on that? Again, the answer is no, because we can't agree on what a woman is. No, because if this person, if the, uh, the suspect is Palestinian or any other 
aggrieved class, then we're going to run into this issue of, is this justified? Did he feel threatened by this man? But then we get into the victim-oppressor philosophy, because now we're seeing Jews and Israelis looked as oppressors. Even, you know, they, they were looked at as victims, what, 24 hours after the Hamas attack? Then after that, they went back to being the oppressors. So it's the same with this. You know, it, the, the kid who got killed in Chicago is the victim. Right. It, it, that's, that's the bottom line to it. And, and same thing with this guy. And, they got, and the suspect in this is just as big a piece of shit as the guy that— killed the kid in Chicago. But when we get into this victim-oppressor mindset, then all of a sudden, somehow, if this guy turns out, the suspect turns out to be in one of those groups, then this murder isn't as dramatic as the one that took place in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. This is the image that came out with that tweet, by the way. Oh, is it? Let's see it. They blurted out, of course, but that... Jeez. I saw that come through. Tom. Man, I tell you, I, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, see, so you, you've got all this happening here at home. You've got, uh, I think we've got some footage we're going to show. I, actually, I know we have some footage we're going to show later on this weekend. There's protests at the White House. There's protests in, 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 at Insulik Air Base in Turkey, our supposed NATO ally. You, you've just got stuff happening everywhere. But, so that's, that's here. And then you've got all the stuff abroad. And this is, this is a very, anyone who's like, I, I look, and I, we, we often are, are come off probably as, as staunch allies of Israel and this, and we are, to be clear, I am, to be clear, but, but it comes off as like, oh, that's so simple. Like you're just choosing that side and making it seem simple. No, no, no. I understand it's not simple. This is a very complicated issue. I understand that. There's lots of feelings. and I mean, it is and it's not, right? I mean, Tom's like, eh. I, mean, I mean, it was called Judea. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> but, like, but, but like culturally speaking now, in terms yeah. of the arguments that people are making, I understand at least people think it's more complicated than it is. And there's lots of emotion involved in it. It's, it's, it's everything is more simple than we make it. But since that this is what's 2023 and everything is complicated and we can't just tell truths we can't just speak in truths there has to be yeah buts always there's you know everyone has to be right it's it's not an easy situation and it's not it's certainly not an easy situation to fix everyone's tried forever and a day to fix it it's not going to be fixed and now we're at the point where both sides are just trying to annihilate each other and and that's where we are but as all that's happening, we have stuff happening at home. We have Iran, who's not only targeting Jews in Israel, and don't again, don't think that it's not them, but you have Iran doing that, and you have Iran targeting U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria. You have Iran threatening carrier groups and other U.S. personnel and equipment throughout the region. You have other countries starting to do it. And you have Antony Blinken, you said it, Anthony. I said I said it. I hate his name. Your your mom hated you. That's why she named you Anthony. Anthony. It's such a bad name. Your name is Anthony. It was Tony Blinken. Did they have like a speech impediment? I'm sorry. I don't know. Tony, but Tony Blinken, who's who's you know in charge of the State Department, one of the most worthless organizations on the planet. He had some stern words for our enemies in Iran. Here's the emasculated cuck trying to sound tough. Take a listen. Uh, 
at the same time, it was very important to send a very clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region. Don't do it. Uh, I made very clear that the attacks, the threats coming from militia that are aligned with Iran are totally unacceptable and we will take every necessary step to protect our people. We're not looking for conflict with Iran, we've made that very clear, but we'll do what's necessary uh, to, uh, to protect our, our, our personnel, uh, be they military or civilian. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. That's, the, that's the best talking point you idiots could come up with? <laughs> that's the advice you give to a toddler, not a goat-fucking jihadist. Come on, Blinken. Do better, man. This, this whole thing, this Democrat peace through appeasement strategy is perfect for shit libs. Try to be nice to the bad guys in the hopes that they won't hurt you. It's such a cowardly exercise. But look at all the nutless freaks in the regime. Kind of starts to make sense. Yeah. Well, don't I, do it, Tom. No, don't do it. <laughs> it's just it, it, it's so hollow it's like everything else with the democrat party everything that they say is a bumper sticker of hollowness it doesn't mean anything and for them to keep repeating this over and over and over again the reason why they're doing it because it is about as neutral as you can get on this topic where the democrats throw in on one side in the whole victim-oppressor philosophy. And even though Israel is an ally, they have to, you know, they have to ride that center line. And the best way to do it is to come up with something as vapid and vacuous as this don't-do-it strategy, which is just the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. No, it, it just is. I mean, I— <laughs> It shows how uh, it shows how they think the world views them, but they don't. I mean, when these guys are in charge, the world takes advantage. They recognize it as an opportunity. And 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 in fairness, if I were them, I would do the same thing. If I was Putin, I would I would I would take the 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 parts of Ukraine that I thought were mine or that I thought I wanted. If I was Xi Jinping, I would I would go after Taiwan, and they and they likely will. If I was Fill in the blank. Hey, this is the time. This is what are your bucket list items? What do you want? Go get it right now because these guys aren't serious. Yeah. And no one takes them serious. When the cat's away, the mice will play. That's what they say. Yeah. Well, I mean, just look at it like this. If you're Putin or Xi Jinping and you're thinking, okay, we've got America over here and the United States has turned into this weird sort of house where the front door is open and everybody from the neighborhood from different neighborhoods is piling in there sleeping in different beds and, and bedrooms taking over people's bedrooms putting on their clothes making meals in the kitchen doing whatever they want and the homeowners just like standing by meekly going oh okay well you know the den is over here and we could probably sleep you know uh, at least you know two people in here they're, they're seeing the United States being emasculated by the open-door policy that we have. If we're willing to let 10 million people run into our country, 
do whatever they want to our own house in our own backyard, then are we really a a threat to Xi Jinping or to Vladimir Putin? No. No. Or to Iran? No. We're this ballless eunuch that is just sort of sitting there while all these strangers are coming in and, and boning his wife in front of him, and we're not doing anything. Strong visual, but yes, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. I'll never not think of the word eunuch and not think of history of the worlds. <laughs> right. Um, is Mel Brooks still alive? Yes. Yeah. Praise God. Um, but yeah, no, I know. Absolutely. That that is how they view it. And and we're so we're we're looking at this. Blinken talks about. He's talked about this a lot. He says that don't do it. They'll take me seriously. Yeah. I'm the Secretary of I'm State. I'm a tough guy. No, they won't. You're literally one of the most laughable humans. Like, your own mother doesn't like you. But she, she's probably not alive, if we're being honest. And I, I'm not wishing that, but that's just based on, on basic math. But you, you, <laughs> you, you keep talking about, he keeps talking about this two-state solution. It has to be. The only, uh, Blinken said it multiple times. The only thing I see at this point, and, and I stand by this, is a two-state solution. Guys, that is, it's not going to happen, bro. It's not going to happen. That would be great in, in a realistic, in a, in a fair and reasonable world. Maybe, but that word, have you looked around? Have you looked around at anything? Here, here was, the, this is actually a Department of State tweet right here. We are focused, this is a quote, we are focused on setting the conditions for durable and sustainable peace and security. The United States continues to believe that the best viable path, the only viable path, is through a two-state solution, says Secretary Blinken. You know what? This whole two-state solution thing, for me, I've been to Jerusalem. I cruised around the old town Jerusalem, did the Stations of the Cross, at each station of the cross, there's a church there, except for the first station, I believe. And guess what that is? It's an Islamic school. Give us that church back and get your school out of there and move it somewhere else. And then maybe we'll entertain the thought of a two-state solution. But all you're doing right now is, you know, you've, you've colonized the stations of the cross. And if you're unwilling to decolonize the stations of the cross— then I really don't have much more to say about a two-state solution between the Palestinians and the Israelis because it, it's—how many times has it been offered? I, I, uh, Sean Parnell had a tweet today. I think yeah, we, let's, have, we have that yeah. tweet. Yeah, let's yeah. pull that up. That, that's—I was mouthing Is that what here. you were trying to I tell me? I, <laughs> I know. You guys have these side conversations. I'm trying to listen to your conversation. We're trying to make what you're talking about better, Tom. <laughs> I lose my train of thought. But no, here it is. Sean's 100% correct. Look at the times that the two-state um, deal has been offered and what's been done about it. Nothing. They don't want it. The Palestinian—well, the Muslims in general, everybody in that neighborhood pushes the Palestinians to say, no, we are not going to get along with the Jews because we don't want them here. Right. They're not, they're not willing to live side by side with them. No, they're not. No, you well, know. And, and, and for the record, real quick, for the, for the folks listening to the audio podcast, I'll just read it. You can keep it over there in preview disco. But 
Sean said the Palestinians were offered a two-state solution in 1938, 1948, So that that was the- considering there were nomadic people, yes, I yeah. kind of agree with that. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, you know, you you try, you know, you try and share. You, it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys, man, living next to each other. It's like it, it's a bit bitter feud that you know it popped up after World War II, and you know, as soon as the state of Israel went into business, as soon as they were independent, war started. Yeah. 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 And people are like, oh, they're peaceful people. No, if you read the Quran, it says that. So what they say, like, it's there. It, you just have to know, you have to know what they believe in. Well, and, the Hamas charter itself, right? In yeah. the opening page of the Hamas charter says that Israel and Jews need to be destroyed and wiped from yeah. the planet. So how are you ever on God's green earth? Are you going to get a two state solution? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not calling for peace and let us have our land and you have your land. It's we want you all dead. <laughs> yes. Wiped from the yeah. existence of the earth. That's You don't believe what we believe? Dead. But and, and again, I mean that it was a great clip last week when we showed that kid. I, I say kid. I don't know how old he was, but roaming around talking to people, do you support support Hamas? Do you support Palestine? Yes. Okay, sign this petition. Oh, wait, 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 real quick before you sign it, I got to read you some disclaimers. Do you support annihilating all Jews from the face of the earth? Do you support annihilating Israel? Do you support X, Y, and Z? Do you support blah, blah, blah? They went on and on and on, and it was very clever by him. But they're all like, no, but it's like, well, you, that's how dumb you yeah. are. You think that you support this because your college professor or your friend who's, who's quad-sexual, I don't even know if that's a thing, but it, it's going to be soon if it's not, is telling you this is how you should feel, and this is the cool thing, this is the... The 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 issue du jour, the 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 take du jour on this particular thing, it's just not. But these people, man, I mean, over the weekend, they were at the White House. This is the White House clip here. Uh, I think so. Ah, yeah, it is. So here here yeah. here here's how the cultural enrichers reacted to all the fighting going on in Gaza. Here's here's how things continue to escalate here at home in America. Take a look at the scene at the White House over the weekend.
not a great look for America uh, or the, the wisdom and, and understanding of our people. And, and not all of them are people. Remember, all Democrats say illegal aliens enrich American culture. Some of those, those folks are, are outside the fence there. Uh, but it's just every time, again, I hate protests. I hate them on either side. I think I think that I think that they just accomplished absolutely nothing. But man, I, I when I see them and I, you see them over issues like this, and you see them over, I mean, really, look at the last three years. What have we protested over? George Floyd killing himself with fentanyl. Going to get hit on YouTube for that one. Um, you you look at COVID stuff. You look at you look at this. You look at uh, election stuff or anti-Trump stuff. You, I mean, you you see the stuff that people are protesting about. It's like. Y'all are the dumbest motherfuckers in the history of mankind. Like oh, transgender stuff for for kids. Transgender stuff for kids. All of it. Like, pick a good issue. I would support. I wouldn't. I wouldn't support. Support's not the right word. I would understand you protesting something if it made sense. All the stuff you see people outrage protesting over are literally fictitious fantasy bullshit. It's none of it's real. No, it's all Don Quixote stuff. We saw it from the very beginning with George Floyd. It was all all these excuse me, all these pretend dragons that the left always wants to to try and slay. We hear it about all the time with you know their white supremacists you know hiding behind every corner. And what have we seen? The supply doesn't meet the demand of white supremacists, so they have right. to create them with the Patriot Front and all these other organizations that are funded secretly through the deep state. But that what gets me in these dumbass people, these little white shit libs that are out there it, it mixed in with the Palestinian kooks is the fact that the like handful of people that are so far removed from American Palestinian Israeli policy are bearing the brunt of all their venom. Those dudes, those Secret Service dudes pulling security, have nothing to do <laughs> with, with anything, any kind of negotiations going on with this two-state solution. No, they're uniform Secret Service. They're not even Secret Service agents. They're, they're 1801s. They're designated—and and God bless them, but they're 1801s. They're not federal uh, special agents. They're, they're, they're 1801s. The 1811s protect the people making these dumb decisions. Yes, not all of them dumb, but 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 you're right, Tom. Like these people, like literally, they just want to go home and watch a football game or a sitcom with their wife and eat some late dinner because they had a shitty shift and they had a shitty day. You know why? Because of shitty people like you. And they were probably told by the snipers on the roof, "Hey, can you put that sign down so we can see if there's a potential threat coming to the White House?" Done. Yeah. Let's do it. That's fine. Pull it down. But they don't know. Oh, you're a pussy. <laughs> I tell you what. I mean, look at how great of a country we live in. And, and I say this. It's not necessarily a great thing. But And I hate everyone in that, that White House right now. I think they're doing so much, we all agree, to destroy this, this country. But And it's on purpose. And it's on purpose. And it's very, it's very much by design. But I, I don't understand why we let people, tourists, protesters, people driving U-Haul trucks, I don't understand why we let all of these people so close to 
One of the most most important structures on the planet. That's right. He had a Nazi flag in the back of his U-Haul. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, he was he was sent there <laughs> by the Democrats, no doubt. But that had to be put on display. <laughs> yeah, they like laid it out perfectly. Oh, hey, look at this. There's nothing in here except the Nazi flag and a manifesto. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, we let these people like. You, you shouldn't have, I mean, think how, I mean, they're not going to get, you know, all the way to, this isn't a White House down moment or a White, or Olympus has fallen moment, but like, think how close they are to the so-called leader of the free world's residence. I, I just, I, I've never understood that. Like, and it could be, it could be, we don't protest like the other side does, but it could be conservatives protesting Obama or Clinton or, or whoever, you know, in this case, it's different. It's it's terrorists and terrorist sympathizers protesting Biden. But like, I've never understood that. Like, you guys let you put these these Secret Service agents in jeopardy. You put the entire property in jeopardy. That fence, if that's not like it's some twenty foot wall with razor wire everywhere and electric, you know, stuff in like. I mean, yes, there's a few snipers on the roof, but it's not a. I, I just have, I, honestly, I've never understood that. Like. We're just gonna let them walk up, and you could say it whether it's Trump in office or Biden in office or whoever. Put 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 whoever you want in there. Uh, to me, that's just kind of strange. Like, aren't we gonna have this be them one of the more secure? I, you can't. You couldn't. You can't just walk up to the agency like that. I mean, you. I guess you kind of can, but but it's it's. Uh, well, does that ever strike you as odd? It does and it doesn't. I mean, I, I, you know, for as messy as it is right now, I actually prefer it this way uh, with, with the kind of access that people do have. I, I would be a lot more uncomfortable if there was like a moat and like this big giant wall that we never saw anything going on behind the wall. Uh, that that would weird me out. So yeah. for as messy as it is, I, I. I it, it, it's not totally transparent, but at least it has the illusion of transparency. But isn't there more security we don't see either that's in front of the White House, too? We, you know, like, yes, there's the snipers. We see the guards out there. But there's more going on, right? We, not a lot. I mean, there is, there's there's people paying attention to it. But in terms of physical, not necessarily. Like, we, I mean, we, <coughs> excuse me, we took, um, you know, we'd bring Iraqis and Afghans and folks back on trips to D.C. and New York because they want to see. Yeah, they know, want to see the places, and, yeah. So you bring them there, and, and not like because we had we obviously did have special connections, but we're not going to bring in a bunch of Iraqi nationals into the facility. But like, you can walk. I mean, you you can walk right up to the fence. Yeah, and you can put your hand. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying you, past the fence. There's got to be more than just oh, what you oh, see yeah, there. Oh yeah, more than what you see. Absolutely. Yeah. You go across. You're. It's gonna mean you you you. It's gonna be like the scene Tom showed in Welcome to Absurdity the other day. You know, where, you know, dude on a football field gets <laughs> yeah. It's not going to go well for you. But at yeah. the same time, it's still closer than what you'd like it to be. creating a it's it is a point of vulnerability when you have hundreds or thousands of people who are there who could scale the fence. It's not like there's not a a a full on military sitting behind the, yeah. the fence. I mean, it's so it's it to me, it's just a point of feel like, why would we do this? Disperse the crowd, you know, maybe peppers, you know, shoot some um, what are the. Um, like the tear gas? Not the tear gas, but what are the what, the pellets? The pellet, yeah, Rub, rubber pellets. Shoot some rubber pellets into yeah. it. Maybe waterboard a couple just to have fun, to <laughs> like, and and have have a good time. But but disperse it. That 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 would be me. Like, let's just not have this crowd here. But but that was not the only crowd. Let's go overseas because so we've talked a lot about Turkey Light, right? And you have Erdogan, who is saying that they could 
just a, it's mostly a veil threat at this point i think i hope could invade israel at any point that they side with hamas calling hamas liberators of course yes. not not terrorists <laughs> So they could do that, and then obviously they're siding with Azerbaijan and, and the, the ongoing conflict that no one even knows about. Be honest with yourself. Are you paying attention to Armenia and what's happening there? No. The answer is probably no. But they're siding with them. So they're going opposite of NATO on a lot of other issues. NATO kind of not in the Armenia thing because of, of oil money and, and stuff like that, as Alexis Wilkins brought up the other day uh, when she was on the show. But but they're, they're departing from us on a lot of issues. We—guys— we have military personnel. We have nuclear warheads in Turkey. At Interlick Air Base, here was the scene at Interlick Air Base over the weekend. Mostly peaceful protesting, looks like to me, right? Yeah, I mean, no big deal. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of flip-flops left behind. <laughs> yeah, there are. There really are. Uh, suffice to say, to sum this all up, we, we've got some shit happening around the globe. We've got some stuff happening here at home. And it's all pretty terrifying. It's not good. And and you've got you've got the leadership, the likes of uh, leadership's not the right word because that's not what they provide or do. But you've got the likes of Biden, Blinken, Kirby, Lloyd Austin. Those are the people leading us through these tumultuous and very tenuous times. And I got to be honest, I I know where I'm going in in the long haul because of of my beliefs, and I think a lot of people do. But I got to be honest, it is a scary ass time right now seeing all of this and then seeing who's in charge and knowing how the enemies are going to take advantage of, frankly, as they should, of who's in charge. It's it's a terror. It's a terrifying, terrifying time. But yeah. let's pivot to this. And I'm going to let Tom tee it up because I'm going to put a little bit more uh, scotch in my plastic cup here. At least it's a branded plastic cup. But let's tee this up because this morning... Things got kind of. Do you have those tweets, Disco? This morning, Crowder. Oh yeah, I do. Hang on. For, you know, former colleague over at the Blaze. Obviously, Crowder now doing his own thing. Uh, we're doing our own thing. Not trying to compare us whatsoever. Uh, but there's some good people over there. We know some of them, and vice versa. Uh, they broke some news. On you remember that? Remember that uh, transgender terrorist who shot up a Christian school? You remember? Yeah, we all do. Well, there was a there was a manifesto. And dear God, trolls, stop sharing links. No one cares. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I can't keep up anymore. Can't keep up. But there was a manifesto, which the Bureau and no one else would release. It's like, oh, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to put this out there. Well, someone sent a copy to the folks over at Crowder, Louderworth Crowder. They put it out this morning. You'll see some of the the watermarks of Ladderworth Crowder on there, and kudos to them. They've they've, you know, long been friends. We're supporters of them, and 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 vice versa. But um, they put it out there. So let's let's pop this up, and Tom, kind of tee it up for us, if you will. 
Right, these are just excerpts from pages from the um, from the Trans Tifa's manifesto, and some of the the things that he she writes in there is the fact that she's come you know trying to combat uh, white supremacy, and by doing this, she wants to slaughter these innocent kids because they deserve it because they're born into this into you know, called uh, st um, systemic racism of the United States. It's just a lot of sicko stuff that uh, that she has in there. And she also talks about how, you know, she can't believe this moment is coming up. And she almost got caught in twenty one in twenty twenty one, but it doesn't it doesn't mention specifically what she almost caught got caught doing in 2021 which leads me to believe that this has been in the you know been in the works for a while and if she almost did get caught in 2021 that almost you know would mean 100% that she was known to the FBI and for some reason she obviously didn't break any laws or else they would have intervened i hope they would have intervened um but with the way the FBI is going nowadays, who really knows for sure? Right. Um, as far as what, you know, motivates them to either act or not act when it comes to uh, committing crimes. But what I find very, very ironic about this story is the fact that not only has the police department, the police department early on, the chief was like, yeah, as soon as we go through the manifesto, we're going to release it. It's our own Justice Department that has intervened and told the police department they couldn't release it. So now the mayor of Nashville, Tennessee, is now investigating how these pages from the manifesto got leaked. It doesn't matter that it was, you know, the, there's some horrific shit in there that this woman planned this, and it's clearly, it, it's clear from the pages that have been released, and I'm sure it'll be even more clear with the rest of the pages, that this person, this chick, was radicalized through leftist ideology. And that's the part that they need to keep secret. It doesn't having it doesn't have anything to do with trying to protect the trans community or anything like that. Everything that we've been saying for the last you know years, you know, well, anyone will listen to us is the fact that leftism, as it is right now in the United States, is a malignant cancer, and people are becoming radicalized by this this horrible and toxic ideology and she happens to be one of the people who was radicalized by this tox toxic ideology and she acted on her thoughts and her impulses yeah 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 i mean it, well and you, and you look at the specifics of the of the you know you've done a great job outlining it all and then you look at the specifics of some of the pages you look at the schedule here death day as she called it Six thirty. A.M. wake up, 7 a.m. get dressed, 7.05 to 8.55, do something. with. I, I think it's spend time with stuffed animals and possessions. I think that's what it is, too. I, I just can't tell what's under the sticky note. I love on the sticky notes, like lunchtime, maybe around 11 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spend time with stuffed animals and possessions. Like, you're a... a it's really weird, it's man. Re you're, you're in your 20s, right? Yeah. Th this person, <laughs> this chick is... She's... <sighs> She's a combination of childhood vaccines, high fructose corn, corn syrup, antidepressants, some kind of, you know, uh, 
not puberty blockers, but, you know, testosterone injections. There's a lot of shit going on. I would love, and that's one thing that we never get with any of these shooters. We never get a toxicology report on what is in their veins because I guarantee you there will be a similarity with all these people. And looking at, you know, that schedule that she had, she, that she laid out, there she's not her brain isn't isn't fully functioned like right. you know she's on some sort of spectrum eat breakfast at home with the heart around it yeah it's <laughs> just th- this is not an adult this no. is not a rational adult no it's not pack up special belongings test knife core glass breaker leave for royal range gear up set up guns and trunk get out Get out, rest with mags inside. Final videotape. Gear up. Uh, Yeah. Goes goes on and on. Leave for Covenant School. Arrive at Covenant. Check parking lot for security. Arrive in designated parking space. Lock and prepare for attack. Lock and load all weapons. Open fire towards. And then time to die. Yeah, time to die. And and she she knew what was coming. But go go back to one of the other ones before Disco because Tom was doing a good job outlining all of that. Uh, you know, I think because here, here, the, here you want to know why you did. I mean, obviously, this person screwed up. We all know this from from what happened. But you want to know why this didn't come out until someone had the balls and the bravery to give it to the folks at Crowder is because you look at go to that other one. That yeah, one. go to that one. You, you look at what's written. Kill those kids. Those crackers. Those crackers going to private fancy school with those Quackies, I guess, is khakis. I know it's yeah. supposed to be khakis, yeah, but quackies. you're spelling it quackies and sp- sports backpacks with their can't spell their right. So obviously we've got some grammar issues too. I mean, she got breakfast in, which is daddy's admirable. Mustang. Daddy's Mustangs and convertibles. Fuck you, little shits. I wish to shoot you, weak ass dicks with your mop yellow hair. Want to kill all you little crackers? Bunch of little f um, f. You know, gay term, which I'm not going to say because of YouTube. With, with your white privileges, fuck you. Know, fuck you. Um, it's funny that I can say that. Yeah, but you can't say the others. <laughs> but um, you, you know the term, F-A-G-G-O-T-S. That's what, that's what she said. So, I mean, this person is, I mean, you can see, I mean, obviously, you didn't need to see a manifesto to know this person was broken. But this person's straight up broken. And then you see this stuff and you see everything about it and everything. And I say it because she was confused on what she was, but I I can't believe it's here. Don't know how I was able to get this far, but here I am that, you know, talking about how the days finally come in, in this one here. I mean, these, it's a reminder of, of, of a lot of things. I don't want to simplify it because this is not a simple issue, but one, our, our issue is is this person's a, a a disaster and they're not talking about it because this stuff goes very counterculture to what the the federal government and the the gun control folks want you to see and hear but two it is i mean look at all of these incidents this is just an example a tragic awful example this shows that we don't have a gun violence issue among a lot. I saw a quote the other day on a response rather to a, a video that one of our team members put out of the show on social media. And we were talking about how, if, you know, I always say, if we, you know, we have all the guns, if you knew we were the problem or if we, if we had a problem, you would have known know a long time ago. And they're like, we do, we see the gun violence stats. Like, no, you've, you fucking idiot. Like those stats, you, you're, you're seeing it all the wrong way. I, you, listen to what I'm saying. 
if we really had a problem, you would see it in such epic proportions. There wouldn't be manipulation of data, all this, that, and the other. The issue, all this to say, the issue is not with that. The issue is a mental health problem that we've got. You've got people brainwashing children into becoming creatures like this one, which is sad and tragic that it happened to this girl and that she got so screwed up that she got to this point. But that is the issue. Well, look at how many people are on the spectrum nowadays, you know, and look at how many people who are on the spectrum comprise the whole trans community. It's huge, man. It, 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 I, I was astonished when I saw the stats about it. I think I want to say it's like 70, 75 percent of people who are on the spectrum identify as trans. Okay, so we've established that. All right, so let's work backwards. How did so many people develop autism or get on this spectrum? It, let's are there are there is there anything that that we can link this to? You know, is there something to you know the childhood vaccination scheduling and putting in more vaccines and in, in, in injecting kids quickly? You know, and we can even go back even further. Is there a link between you know the va the vaccines and SIDS? There's there seems to be some sort of correlation there with the sudden sudden uh, infant death syndrome. Mm -hmm. So you look at all of the, these contributing factors, but there's certain things that you just can't talk about. And one thing is the vaccine schedule as a, you know, in conjunction with the rise of autism, because before 1983, you know, we, we saw Rain Man. That was the first time that I'd ever seen the portrayal of an autistic person. Nobody that I went to school with, you know, through grades one through, you know, 12, was ever like that then all of right. a sudden boom you know i've got people on the spectrum in my own family now. right no it's 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 incomprehensible yeah and i'm not changed. drawing a, a link between vaccines but i think it should at least be looked at you know because i i think this yeah. all has everything to do with brainwashing somebody who might be impressionable and i think this person i think this chick is the end result of that sort of brainwashing. Just, I mean, look at this progression where she goes from trans, then she goes from activist, then she goes to, to killer, thinking that she's doing the right thing somehow. Yeah. And, 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 and yet they still don't, I mean, so you're right. I mean, something has been done because you didn't, we, none of us grew up with these people. You, you would yeah, every now and again hear about a news story of some sick, twisted person that law enforcement and the bureau were tracking and, every, and that particular community was scared. But this wasn't a prevalent issue. Now you do. So obviously something's happened, whether it's a vax thing, whether it's a whatever it is, to your point, something has happened to really, you know, swing open the gates and, and change how things how things look. But th I mean, it's just. Uh, it, 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 I had another thought and I've lost it now, but, but, but it is, it's just so damn frustrating to see this and then see, Oh, I know I was going to, I was going to say, and to see that we're, we're still called in this day and age, you see people like this, you, now you see the manifesto that was not released and you see where their heart is. You didn't need to see it to know where their heart was right. and what their thoughts were, but now it's, it's confirmed and we're called terrorists. We're called the issue and the threat to our homeland. It's like, you guys made these creatures. Right. You fucking Frankenstein the shit out of our youth and turned them into these people who are now killing us 
and you did it because you played a long game. You're like, now we can turn this around and use it for gun control and disarm the public because that's the last major straw or pillar that we need to do to turn this into a communist hellscape. But but it, it's all by design. It's all by it's and it's so frustrating that people don't challenge it more. I know we do, but it's like you're calling us what? Right. I, 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 I try everything I can, and I don't like rules, and I still try and follow all the laws, and I do with my firearms, and I do with all this, that, and the other. And you're not calling this person a terrorist. You just talked about it. It was a tragic shooting. We should have more gun control. Don't talk about the trans terrorist who did it. Yeah. Let's talk about you. And, and, and that's how it goes. And we end up being the bad guy in this somehow. To break it down to just being it's only about the guns is the dumbest, weakest argument that anybody can make about it. There are so many extenuating issues that lead to something like this that are just getting overlooked because, like you were saying, the big plan is to disarm everybody so everything else can be ignored. It doesn't matter that we have, you know, an army of impressionable people who are on the spectrum who have a certain proclivity toward violence as long as that, you know, proclivity proclivity is being fed over and over right. and over by the same toxic spew that it is pushed in their direction by all these different leftist Marxist organizations. This is the end result of that. It's not the gun. It's the brainwashing that took place and whatever chemicals are inside that body that caused this person not to fully develop and form a functioning brain. Yeah. Well, and the people who drink the Kool-Aid that are like, no, 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 like we need to have the preservatives in our food. We need to have these vaccines. Guns are the problem. You know, all those, they, they, they believe the lie. They soak it in and they regurgitate it. They teach their kids it, grandchildren, all that stuff, and it progresses down. And now we're at where we're at today where there's this extreme thing where it's going, you need to do this. Actually, no, we're pretty good over here, but we're we're pretty normal people. But because— it's gone so far extreme, like how Elon put in that little like napkin picture that he drew, where it's like, I, I haven't moved, but everyone else has, and yeah. now I'm classified as an extremist. Well, and it's like, and it's so important to remember with all of this is like, obviously, awareness is a huge issue on any political issue, uh, health issue, uh, all of these things that we talk about on a on a daily basis. I'm so excited that I do this for a living. Um, uh, I am because I love all of you guys, but but. It's important that you understand you're aware, you make more other people aware, and you talk truth in all of that. But honestly, I mean, how much do we pick on Gen Z and millennials? A lot. And for good reason. For good reason. There's, there's, there's a, like two or three of you out there that are great, and God bless you. Um, you're an angel. But, <laughs> but, the, but the reality is, is, is awareness is a big thing, but one of the big things, too, is pushing back and teaching your children. I mean— we, our parents, some of us, I mean, I'm on the younger end. I'm literally at the bottom end of, of my generation. But, like, some of us have done a poor job of, of teaching this stuff. And we're, we're facing the, the fruits of our lack thereof of our labor now with what we're seeing. And it's not all our fault. There's awful, evil, deceptive, manipulative people out there pushing this stuff onto our kids and to our youth. And it's through academia and social media and all of that stuff. But one of the, one of the things you got to do if you're going to save this once great republic is teach the young generation to not just listen to what's being said. 
You have to get, oh, you, oh, if you want to go to school, you have to get these shots. You want to work here, you have to get these shots. You want to do this, you have to do this. You want to do that, you have to do this. Oh, you have to hate Israel. Whatever, the, it doesn't matter. Fill in the blank with any issue. Challenge it. No. Why? Why is that true? How is that beneficial? How does that help me? How does that help the collective? And, and, and there's got to be that because moving forward, if we don't have that, we are so fucked. It's, I mean, we're not going to be, first of all, there's a chance with all the, the, the potential war that's coming that we don't get to that point anyways, which in some level is kind of like, okay, cool. Let's just go home to Jesus. Um, boom. But if we're going to survive this thing and fight back against everything that's, that's we're facing, a lot of it does have to do with, with raising up that next generation. It's like in faith. We talk about it all the time. You got Christianity goes away if you don't teach it to the next generation down. Yeah, right. So it's the same thing with reason. Teach them to push back. It's the same thing with freedom. Teach them to enjoy and relish and cherish freedom. And if you don't and you don't teach them that, guess what? It's going to go away. And it's going to be a miserable existence for, for your children and your children's children. So we've, we've got to do a better job of that. Well, it's okay. I mean, eventually the definition of freedom is going to be different in the dictionary, just like they've changed the definition of everything else. Freedom, it, like, is right now, we're free, but we have to listen to our government. we got to get these vaccinations, all this stuff. But we're free. We have freedom of speech. We can say what we want, but only what we'd like you to say. Yeah, it's perceived yeah. freedom. Yeah. That's why, you know, I've started writing down what— life was like during the concept of freedom so my grandkids or my great grandkids can read it because i really don't think that they're going to have any idea of what personal freedom is so i think it's very important for me to start writing that down so when they when i'm not here anymore they can be like holy crap you mean you didn't have to go through the 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 schooling system of getting credentialed to say that you know you could have this particular job you just showed up somewhere and somebody gave you an opportunity what's an opportunity because now you know we have to get credentialed and then we get selected for the job and depending on who our family is is how much money that we make and what kind of a job do we get they're going to have no clue of what the concept of freedom was all about. Yeah. Yeah, period. <laughs> I know, I hate to sound like a Debbie no, Downer, no, but that's just, but I mean, I'm just true. playing no. the movie out to the end. No, there's times when late at night I have a little, you know, especially on the weekend, I have a little too much to drink, and then my daughter will ask me something, and then I'll just say something that's true, but then my wife's like, you need to calm down. I'm like, well, she needs to know this, you know? Like, and, then, and, then, and then it's like, but it's true. They need to know, they need to understand this stuff. They, they need they to. Do. Hard truths, I mean, I mean, we're, we're at that point. We're at that point in time where hard truths need to be realized, yeah. recognized. Look around. We've got a bunch of quiet wars that none of you guys going on, know about going on. Uh, wars may be a strong term. Conflicts, efforts, whatever. And then we've got two big ones, a potential third. We've got a border that's wide-ass open. We've got so many issues it's time to be uncomfortable. I, you know, and I kind of relish that we're at a, we're at a, uh, it was Halloween. We're at Halloween the other night and we had a, um, I won't talk about the particular issue, but there was an issue that came up and we had all been at this event together, all the different families, in-laws, whatnot. And someone was like, Hey, what did you guys think about? I was like, before they could finish their saying, I hated it. I hated it. And here's why I hated it. And granted, I tend to, I don't know if you've noticed, I tend to go 
a little bit, you know, hard to the hoop, hard to the hoop on yeah. things. But it's like you have to just, but you got to say that. And there's nicer ways to do it. And I very frequently probably do it wrong. But you have to freaking know who you are. Freaking know who you are. Freaking know what's at on uh, on the line. What's at stake? Your freedom. Your country. Your your all, all of that. And and make people uncomfortable. If you're not making, I'm at the point now. All this to say, I'm at the point now where if if I'm not or you're not or someone is not. Making people kind of uncomfortable, I feel like you're doing it wrong. I just do. Well, and we talk about it all the time. The, the Democrats don't really scare me. It's the people who don't, who stay quiet, who have like their head in the sand. Those are the people who are scary. They're in their butt. Yeah. yeah, those are the people who scare me because you don't know what decision they're going to make. Yeah. Because they haven't said what side they're on. Yes, they may be a registered Republican. You may have family members who are registered Republicans, but they stay quiet. They're like, oh, I don't need to deal. I don't need to know about this stuff. No, you need to know about well, this Well, that's stuff. the same mentality as the people in Germany who are like, oh, you know, it's just a, some kind of a training camp. They're just housing the <laughs> yeah. Jews there. I you yeah. know, don't know, you know, what's going on, but nothing bad is happening. Stop making a big deal of yeah. this. Yeah. Those are the people who scare me the most. Yeah. No, <laughs> our, our party, people who vote for our party, uh, and I say our party, I'm not registered with him anymore, but I'm more Republican than the people who are registered Republican. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying you guys and, and you in the audience, but that they are. They absolutely are the threat. Well, we've recognized the threat, and we've also recognized uh, that time is, is running short here. Time is time not. is fleeting. Fleeting. <laughs> um, it's been a fun night, y'all. It's been a fun night, as always. So glad to be back with you this week. Going to be a full week of shows. Uh, next Monday, just as a little preview, can I tell you, Tom Cunningham's going to be sitting right here. He's going to be hosting it, and he's going to do the entire show naked. Tom, go sit next to Drew. I'm going to be bare ass on your chair farting the entire show. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. And I hope that I hope that things are, are deeply, you know, that they penetrate the leathers in this foreign-made chair. I'm just afraid you're going to, like, make me clean the chair then. That's well, the I mean... <laughs> I give I give you a good life and a good job <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time, just um, I'll eat tons of Indian food for lunch. Dear gosh, yes. Yes. you know what? I'll order it in for you guys. Um, I, I, let me put it this way: I love Indian food, but Indian food does not love me. It doesn't because love all the dairy that's in it. Dear God, yeah, I love it. I love it. I, when I used to shoot Indian weddings and stuff, I loved it. like, oh, this is great, and then I'd be like dying for weeks afterwards awful i digested very well i digest everything i'm glad you do i do (laughs) you know what before all this nonsense i i here long story short i'll get to the point of what i'm saying i need to go back to the south asia and the mid-east because when you go there i mean now with with all the manufactured crap bad food now and i live in america 12 months out of the year now I get sick. I get stomach things bug me all the time. When I when you live in Afghanistan or somewhere similar, nine months out of the year, your constitution gets so strong. You have a, a freaking metal stuff like you can just put anything in there, and it doesn't matter. But you're also eating food that doesn't not full of preservatives and oh, all but it's that, also you know. not all cooked. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and parasites. It's I've got. Yeah, but your parasites. body gets stronger. I then. still yeah. have parasites inside me. Oh my gosh, Lord knows what's inside <laughs> of me. I, I've maybe got five minutes left to live. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, live, I live my entire life like, well, I've got a few minutes left. Let's see what we can get out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I need to go back to that. Um, not really. I, I'm happy here. I like our team. I love our studio. Um, and I love all of you guys in the audience. Thanks for spending time with us tonight. Uh, we really do appreciate it. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Same time, all week, 6 p.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts. We're, we're damn near there right now. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of the evening. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Be safe, be smart, be free.